0: This trip is brought to you by a good friends at CoinKite. CoinKite's here; they build the best Bitcoin hardware in the space. I'm rubbing my block clock right now. Have you ever rubbed your block clock, Logan? Oh, no, I'm not weird. Yeah, it doesn't feel great. It's not a rubbing product; it's a looking product. You look at it; it gives you great stats on the Bitcoin network. You set it up; it's a beautiful, aesthetically pleasing piece of hardware keeps you updated on what's going on in Bitcoin. That's just one thing. That's just like the fun things that CoinKite makes. They're very fun. They're very cool. They also make the best security hardware in the Bitcoin space. Their wallets, the MK4, and the Q1 both come with two secure elements. Uh, Both are NFC enabled. Both allow you to create private public key pairs offline in an air gap fashion. So your private keys never touch the internet. You can add entropy to your private key with dice rolls as well with both products a bit different mk4 looks like a little calculator the q1 is a full keyboard device with a bigger screen uh, qr scanning capabilities uh, and it has a battery pack as well again the most secure hardware on the market allows you to create your private public keys in an air gap fashion it's the best way to do it adding entropy to it as well eliminate single points of failure cold card Helps you do that with their hardware by keeping your stuff offline. They also have the SATS card, the tap signer, the SATS chip, a bunch of things. Go check it out at Coinkite.com. Try RHR. Just try it. Tell me what happens. Nobody's told us. Logan, have you tried it? Uh, I have not. Have you
1: tried it? I have not.
0: Maybe it's on me. Maybe I should go try it. This trip was also brought to you by our good friends at Unchained. We talked about them in this episode. They're doing it the right way. They're a financial institution of the future, building their whole company off of Bitcoin's native multi-sig properties. They have their Vault product, which is a 2 or 3 multi-sig, in which you hold two keys. Unchained holds one. Since you have those two keys, you control your Bitcoin. You can move it whenever you see fit. If you're ever in a pinch and need unchained to be the second in the two or three multi-sig quorum the second signature they're there for you Uh, they have the trading desk where if you buy bitcoin through their trading desk it goes straight to that vault that you set up so there's no pulling out keys wallets addresses you buy bitcoin it goes straight to your multi-sig cold storage vault single points of failure are eliminated in that model unchained never holds the bitcoin you don't buy on unchained it sits on exchange no you buy it goes straight to your multi-sig cold storage whether you're an individual, high net worth individual, a family office, an institution, a sovereign wealth fund looking to buy Bitcoin, hit up Unchained Trading Desk. Go to unchained.com trading to check it out and enjoy this rip of Rabbit Hole Recap. You've had a dynamic where money's become freer than free.
2: When you talk about a Fed just gone nuts, all, all the central banks going nuts.
3: So it's all acting like safe haven. I believe that in a world where central bankers are tripping over themselves to devalue their currency, Bitcoin wins. In the
2: world of fiat currencies, Bitcoin is the victor. I mean, that's part of the bull
4: case for Bitcoin. If you're not paying attention, you probably should be. You probably, should be. You probably,
0: should be. You probably should be. Yeah, that, that was the big, um, welcome to rabbit hole rehab, we got a party <laughs> right, it's BitBlock Boom Week. Um... But like, <laughs> like that was the biggest sign to me. The, the one, like SBF had no idea what he was talking about when he was going on CNBC. And then two, it's like, how do they have all this money to buy all these sponsorships? It was completely obvious.
1: It was all yeah, the client's money.
4: Sponsorship, I- including the, the umps at the World Series last year, are wearing FTX patches. And that'll be in the footage forever.
0: Yeah. And so I guess we got to continue the conversation. We just recorded the last but- trade. Matt came in at the end and we decided, let's just do a party rip and a rabbit hole recap. And yeah,
2: we I thought it titled... was joining for rabbit hole recap and, and uh, these fellows were here.
0: And <laughs> we, we never left. We ninja launched you, but <laughs> titled, titled the, uh, the episode, is there a bank run on Binance well, right now?
2: Why don't you introduce our guests for the party rip first? Because that, that would be audio, they have no idea who's talking.
0: That would be good. We were joined <laughs> uh, by a good friend, Michael Tanguma, to his left, we have Brian Cabellas and we have Jesse Myers, uh, three on on ramp team members on the show.
1: Yeah. We were recording the last trade. We were introducing Brian, who is officially coming on uh, to lead strategy and research. And so we had a very, it was a good conversation uh, and towards the, the, the tail end, Jesse brought up what was going on with Binance, which I actually hadn't spent time on Twitter, so didn't know. And then I went into it and didn't actually articulate as eloquent as Matt did uh but then when matt was about to come in for rhr i was we knew where matt's stance would side on this and so he came in and explained where it's not likely or the same scenario uh that we're seeing with binance right now as an ftx yeah Yeah. matt so why don't you give your break now because it was pretty thorough
2: i did such a good job the first
1: time (laughs) um but jesse can start I mean, as well if, if it
2: yeah yeah i mean just well first of all like people are saying there's a bank run on binance right now and uh obviously lay- obviously uh if you are you know custodians are, are trusted third parties you shouldn't trust custodians uh with your bitcoin they can rug you at will they're essentially you know rug pull technology um, they can exit scam you, they can lose funds through theft, um, or they could get pressured by governments uh, to shut down, and, and then your, your Bitcoin could be stuck in some process for a, a long period of time. Um, and, you know, I've, or they could go bankrupt. I guess I was part of that as well. Um, and if they go bankrupt, you know, who knows how long you're going to get, how long it takes for, to get your money back in a bankruptcy process. So the, the Gox people still haven't uh, gotten their money back. Um, so custodians are a risk. Everyone should you know, learn how to hold, hold Bitcoin themselves. It's not as hard as you think. Um, get on it. Figure out how to do it. Um, improve your situation. Hold Bitcoin yourself. Um, all that said, uh, Binance does publish their on-chain activity, their wallet addresses uh, for customer deposits. Um, and those are at all-time highs right now. Uh, near all-time highs. They have over 700,000 Bitcoin in custody. Uh, that's equivalent to $18.2 billion. Uh, they are by far the largest exchange in the world um, by pretty much every metric. Uh, but the one that's hardest to fake is 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 customer deposits because there's actually on-chain activity there. Um, FTX is a completely different ballgame. I mean, for context, when FTX failed... Um Glassnode and the other uh chain analysis firms uh, couldn't even identify any of their Bitcoin wallets. And at the time what a lot of people were saying was, Oh, they had great opsec and 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 we couldn't figure out what their Bitcoin wallets were. In hindsight, it was probably because they had no fucking Bitcoin <laughs> that they were holding for customers. What was
0: the stat? Um, they they claimed to have like eight billion in Bitcoin, but they wound up only having six million or something like that. Yeah, like a stick of gum.
2: Yeah, they had <laughs> like fucking nothing. <laughs> um, so There's I mean I would be hesitant to uh, picture this as similar the same as FTX. I mean, it doesn't mean binance can't fail. it just means that it's a completely different situation. Um, you know SBF was this this Fiat Maxi that came out of nowhere, played ridiculous leverage games all the way from the very beginning. I mean as we started off it was a Ponzi from the very beginning. Um, and 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 I, yeah, I, I just think CZ, you know, uh, is 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 clearly a shit corner. Um, I think B and B is it takes you know third party risk and amplifies it even more. So I've always told people, you know, don't touch B and B. You know, it's completely centralized. Uh, I've, I, you know. To, to completely own it, I've been saying it since like 5,000% ago. Uh, <laughs> people like love me probably did decently well. Um, but yeah, I just think it's a completely different situation. I think there's, it's interesting who the commentators are, like kind of fanning the flames on this one. A lot of people that got burned by FTX that look like complete idiots because they were also FTX proponents. Um, a lot of suits that just don't like that CZ's running a shadow bank. Um, and think like you're automatically, you know, uh, a criminal for breaking U.S. financial regulations, which is, you know, what CZ has done from the very beginning. And there's a lot of similarities to me with that in terms of, of, of the Tether conversation, which, you know, Tether, I've never held Tether. I don't think people should hold Tether. I think it has massive custodial risk, um, just like any other custodian. They could rug pull you at will. Uh, and they have a massive target on their back from the U.S. government. Um, from the very beginning. And it's and if you actually look at it, by the way, on that lens, because Tether and Bitfinex are tied at the hip uh, ever since the beginning of and the launch of Tether. Tether was essentially a way for the Bitfinex guys to extend their fiat on-ramps to all the exchanges that were underbanked and had no bank accounts. Um, Bitfinex, customer deposits up. Binance, customer deposits up. Both massive targets of the U.S. government. Coinbase deposits down. Gemini deposits massive bank run on Gemini happening, um, but meanwhile everyone wants to talk about Binance.
1: Yeah, there's two. Um, one thing to add, and then I would love to hear somebody's rebuttal to that because the way it started on the other side was that it was a given that 90 percent Jesse and M- Marty had said 90 percent chance Binance is done it, it, eventually, it, eventually, and 50 percent right. this year.
2: 50 percent by the it, end of the year. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> but like the point. The year, point. But... Um, I don't know if you touched on, that. Is is that like from a just pure like business perspective, like the game theory is CZ basically owns like Vegas in my mind. And if the building has like some problem is on fire, you don't let the whole city burn. Like you just figure out how to like contain it, even if there was a problem, whether it's like what you mentioned with Bitfinex and Leo and they make it whole. It's like it's 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 completely different with the FTX thing. They never made any money. They never were like there was no um, there was no business to protect. Because that was always a common trope when FTX went down. It's like, well, how could they let this happen? They were printing money. Why would they go so far? It's like, no, it was a Ponzi the whole way. The dynamic was completely different. Yeah. Well, all right. Let's walk through some facts. Matt pointed
0: out that you can identify Binance's wallets on chain. They have $18.2 billion worth the Bitcoin. they're very proud
4: of their proof of reserves
0: <laughs> proof of reserve well that's the thing like they have <laughs> that proof of reserves what we don't know is the liabilities they have 18.2 right. billion dollars worth of bitcoin what are the claims that their customers have what is that amount unknown at this point point? and how
4: much have they borrowed against?
0: yeah that's a good question too like how much have they borrowed against potentially to prop up bmb And then, Matt, this is something we've paid attention to throughout the years, too. Like one of the heuristics that an exchange in trouble is that they'll ninja launch more stringent KYC on users as they're trying to take Bitcoin off, which has been happening recently, too.
2: No, I mean, look, CZ's a fucker for Shotgun KYC. I don't know if I invented the term Shotgun KYC, but I might have. And it was first views on CZ, on on his policy. So basically, what is Shotgun KYC? It's this idea that you deposit without KYC, and then they hit you with KYC when you want to withdraw, which is incredibly malicious and predatory. Um, I think it's funny because most of the CZ haters are like, you're breaking U.S. FinCEN regulation. Uh and so he's he's like he has to play some kind of game right where he's he has to do some kind of KYC to try and get the pressure off of his back um, and he's kind of like damned if he does damned if he doesn't i don't know i think i think a better argument for trying to with, you know prevent withdrawal is he has charged very high fees in transaction fees and withdrawal fees a lot of times higher than what the network's actually like he was charging like $15 for a bitcoin withdrawal at one point we we didn't even come fucking close to that on transaction fees. And he's constantly out there telling people not to self custody and that is dangerous and that they should custody with him. By the way, one of the top self custody wallets is owned by Binance. Um no one should use it, but it's called Trust Wallet. Um and no one should
1: trust it. <laughs> they messed up their private key generation too, didn't they? But I just look. Yeah, you know what? Matt, you know what I think's more yeah. likely and it just it just hit me as um Jesse, on the, the pre, when we were chatting earlier, he was explaining that these exchanges have all been the SEC's come in. They basically like you know, FTX was just one. There's all these different things. They're kind of wa- cleaning out. BlackRock's coming. It feels more that this is like this concerted effort to try to get a run and see if like you know get rid of Binance before it feels like to clean up crypto. Yeah, they want to get rid of
2: Binance. The blue checks want to get rid of Binance before the BlackRock exactly. Exactly. Because they can't control Binance. Binance is, you know, fifty percent of the market and it's essentially a shadow financial system. And he's spread out all throughout Africa and Latin America. And it's 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 a threat to the US financial hegemony. I mean it's this is why Bitcoin is does is leaderless and decentralized and you don't have a, a figurehead that can be pressured. Because when you fly close to the To the sun in terms of the U.S. financial regulations, like usually bad shit happens.
1: Yeah, you get Marty and Jesse saying ninety percent chance they're fucking done.
4: I mean, I I think that's that kind of speaks to that ninety percent eventually. CZ goes down. Like Jesse, Jesse, give your case. Yeah, give your case. And and I'm curious, does the ninety percent count? Like, if it's
2: like a cruise, like if the U.S. government takes, (laughs) yes, I guess so. I I mean.
4: <laughs> like okay this is i guess all over back like, how is this really any different from mojo nation in that sense like there's there's some target here that can be targeted and if it's a threat to the system they'll target it and, that's, and that, a-
2: that's what they're doing we need to isolate the conversation, right? Because if, 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 if the argument is that Tether, Bitfinex, uh, Binance are massive targets of the U.S. government and the U.S. government tends to go out of their way. I mean, we have, we're going to talk about tornado cash. They go out of their way to, to, to attack these people. They have a long history of it. There's, there's an argument there for that. But, but I think that needs to be isolated away from insolvency. And the question yeah. really is, are they insolvent or, you know, do they actually have customer funds? That's the real, that's the real isolate. And it gets mixed together with this, you know, kind of like suit racism <laughs> on, uh, on someone who's outside of the U S financial system.
4: Okay. Well, so let's like, let's, let's go through the, the smoke that's out there about like, why may they be in trouble? Um, so, First of all, BNB token has been the only coin over the last 6 years that has massively outperformed Bitcoin in that in that time frame, like that full time frame. And it ran it ran up to $600 per coin in late 2021. Uh since then it's trailed down to low 200s. Now there's um been some speculation. This is all speculation and and it's, you know, the the market superfluous out there Twitter made up a number they're like it's 212 it's <laughs> <laughs> well, the well and that's uh, based on that's based on one of the uh, that's based on a position that's on a, a publicly visible um, what's
0: <laughs> what's the current market cap of BNB BM,
2: great question uh um, sure. yeah, first of all on BNB one common misconception I look, see look is up that that, stat, F- that, it, that it's an FTT clone. It's thirty three billion. It was like the source of uh, you know a lot of the pain that we saw on F- on the FTX collapse. FTT it was the opposite. FTT is a clone of BNB because CZ showed the world that he could print his own fucking token, prop it up, and make a shit ton of fucking money, and then FTX um, mirrored that. They like they they copied the mechanics with FTT off of BNB. BNB came first. I don't know if that distinction matters that much, but I, yeah. I, I think it is, it is important to realize that BNB did come first. Second of all, CZ's been propping up from the beginning. Um, the literal, the mechanism even, the public mechanism for it is he buys BNB and burns it publicly on a regular basis based on you know whatever, how much trading fees there are or some shit. Um so like he's literally like tells the world he's propping it up. That's that's the public prop up we know. We don't know, you know, what kind of side market operations yeah. he's doing we try and buy it and increase the
4: price. But you can you can prop it up with your profits, your free cash flow, but you can't prop it up with customer assets. And and that's the that's the question of so as what's been happening What's been happening as they've gotten down into the 200s is it appears that there have been times in June and since June um, where Bitcoin is trading at a discount on Binance relative to other platforms, other exchanges. And in those periods, suddenly the price of BNB goes up, like it's being bid up. If you put two and two together, they, they may, they may not be, but they may be selling Bitcoin to bid up BNB and protect the price of BNB from dipping below some hidden liquidation point. But uh, that's speculation, but that could be what's it, going on. So here. one of the issues that FTX had issues with was
2: FTT wasn't only traded on their platform, right? Like FTT was also traded on Binance. So you could start dumping, you, they, they didn't <laughs> that's have- That's exactly what CZ up. did. Yeah. BNB is traded on many different exchanges, right? Uh, if you want to talk, if you want to talk about the manipulation on his own exchange, like, I mean, if, if he really wanted to, he doesn't even have to sell, like, he doesn't have to do anything except change the numbers on the screen. What's preventing right? like, other
0: he, exchanges from offering BNB?
2: Just... Like, how, how are we like this idea that like Bitcoin's down, but BNB is up on his exchange is indicative of, of, of like him selling that pair. On his exchange, like, why does he even have to sell the customer deposit if he's going to commit fraud in that situation? Like, why even sell the customer deposits Bitcoin? Why not just, you know, simulate a buy on just the BNB side and still hold the Bitcoin?
1: I just want to go back to the suit racism comment. <laughs> uh, um, uh, that was a, I don't know if you That's made a that great up. comment. Yeah, it was it was a great comment, but it is, it's also fascinating because I think uh, we've we talked about this previously weeks ago about there's a i don't know if affinity is the right word but i think we both have an appreciation for like the The pirates the pirates that cz built and so it's just think about how fascinating like is it almost just i don't know beautiful is not the right word but like (laughs) to watch the suits literally lose their money with ftx the like goblin that was and it lost and then you have this guy out there that's making everybody whole it's completely backed and then he's just they're just attacking from every angle and he's like yeah do you want your bitcoin maybe it's a little kyc because you know the the doj is i'm running yeah. right now and i need to maybe check your driver's license but it's a it's a very uh and then you know without throwing names out there whoever you know we were we were about to put their, their list up on this thing it's like these guys have been shit coining and now they're gonna throw mud at this you know it's just
2: that's true I, <laughs> I, that's exactly what i meant by suit racism
1: by the way but uh <laughs> I, I just uh, wanted to make sure i just wanted to define it in <laughs> case.
2: Like... i just look CZ's obviously propping up the price of, of bnb now I, I i it comes back and look once again I, I would not trust any money on Binance. I don't trust any money on any, on any custodians, period. Hold your own fucking Bitcoin. Um, but like CZ was a Bitcoiner first, understood the, the power of Bitcoin, and then became a shitcoiner because he can make a, sh- a ton of fucking money. Um, SBF was a Fiat Maxi from the beginning. And why do I say this again? First of all, I honestly do believe that SBF thought FTT was like sound collateral for some fucking reason. Like he started to like believe his own fucking shit. Um, I really don't think CZ believes BNB is solid collateral. I think he realizes <laughs> BNB is this little Ponzi token that he's like fucking he'd just be able to print money from. So if he does have loans on it, which he's said many times that he doesn't, uh, I don't expect them to be significant size loans. Like he, he might be taking loans out on Bitcoin, like the best collateral in the world, but I, I doubt he's taking significant you know leverage on the on on the BNB. And then the second assumption that's made from the SBF uh, comparison is that SBF was such a fiat Maxi that his FTT loans were based on the US dollar value of the FTT loan. Why are we assuming that's the case if he, if CZ loaned against BNB? Why isn't he using the the BTC pair? And why isn't the BTC pair what is needs to be defended and not the not the fiat pair?
4: Yeah, good good points, fair points. And <laughs> it, it, we were talking about this on on the last trade. Of it, it may be that Binance has survived this long because CZ's got like a good angle on this. He's he's he knows how much drawdown to expect. BNB could be like a leverage play. You're saying a, a Ponzi, and how long can that keep going? It, 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 maybe it can keep going for as long as you pick a, a liquidation level to lever up to the next bull market that doesn't actually get triggered. You know? And what could be different this time is that the regulatory clampdown is, is happening at the same time that BNB is at a, a low point. Um, and, and it may be that that tips the balance now for Binance and, and makes something that is, is a model that worked to help them stair-step above, uh, in in Bitcoin terms, their BNB tokens value has stair-stepped up and to the right. And maybe now they've taken on more risk than they realize because the clampdown is happening at the same time. They've been cut off from the US dollar um, and that hurts their business significantly. And that's also happening at the same time that they're being- you Yeah, you gotta isolate, right? But it's all related in terms of business risk. No, but like, look, so like
2: I see people speculating like, oh, like Binance is definitely going to fail because you can't withdraw the euros in Europe. It's like, no, it's like he's he gets he loses his fucking banking access, lines up completely with running a fucking shadow financial system like that is not like the regulators going after him is not proof of
4: insolvency. It's right. but But it's. It's, it's reason to believe that his top line will take a hit to some extent. Maybe it's a 20% hit, a 40% hit in terms of revenue. And you know, if they are levering up, if the proof of reserves is a sort of hidden hint that they have liabilities that they're not talking about, um, maybe a hit to their top line isn't part of the model that they base their assumptions on for where their liquidation point is. So the 212 number that Came out of fucking nowhere. Didn't that get breached? What happened it did get, It did get breached. Um, so, uh, an analyst was telling me that snooping around on, on the chain, they were seeing that $10 million increments were being, um, sold, uh, and to and and bidding up BNB. It what's possible is that, you know, Binance controls their own liquidation. So, they might have run through that liquidation point and given themselves some time to bid that <laughs> price back up. You know, they they control Could the be. show.
5: So, Could be. I
4: don't know. Yeah, and, and it's also possible it that, that, like that it's, it's it's also possible they've been closing some of those leverage positions, um, or just enough to lower that price because it was it was two twenty in June, and then you know a it's month ago. Yeah. I need yeah. something
0: clarified. Are are Jesse and I considered suit racist?
2: <laughs> no, yeah. I am mostly talking about maybe Jesse, but I'm mostly talking <laughs> about <laughs> the new group of people that all got rugged on FTX. Um, I will say It's like it's a very it's like a very Tether truther thing, right? It's like is 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 people go tether's breaking the law they're a fraud, they're insolvent, right? CZ's breaking law, they're a fraud, they're insolvent. And they just make that jump.
0: It seems seems to be becoming clear that Tether might be one of the most profitable businesses on the face of the earth.
4: Yeah, Tether's Um, doing great, Tether's doing awesome. But But, but for, for that point, like Tether trades at a premium because a, a tiny premium over time, on average, um, versus the U.S. dollar, because it's better than the U.S. dollar, it has more utility than the U.S. dollar, and and, and that reflects in the price. Um, I, it, but so, the, but then with Binance, like there are other signals too of executives leaving uh, and them yeah, having thousands of employees. It up again. But, but there's a business risk. This is like, this is. Like, whoa, like, of course, you like Imagine, a imagine your Buttered up suit, right?
2: And you go into Binance US, and the founder of Binance US is like, yes, we are actively breaking US security laws. Like, <laughs> what was, what, was, what was, was the thing the they chat? said on
3: Signal?
0: On Signal, yeah. it's like, oh, no, it was in Slack. They said it in Slack. They're like, we are egregiously.
1: Right <laughs> <laughs> US dollars.
2: That's completely different. Like, you have to isolate that, I think, in this discussion.
1: Yeah, I mean, Jesse, that is a a very fair point in the sense of like somebody leaving as an exec has nothing to do with the liquidation price of the two twenty.
4: But a bunch of a bunch of people leaving, a bunch of people getting fired, the auditors pulling out and retracting their statements about Binance's financials. Who are the auditors? some firm
2: and this this is the same shit you hear about tether it's like why doesn't the big four why doesn't tether get a big four audit it's because the big four will not fucking touch tether with a 12-foot pole because it's a fucking illegal business
1: (laughs) yeah yeah and tether's a good example of like what we talked about biffinex and tether and when there's a hole and you have a profitable business you just figure out a way like if there was a hole in in binance went and said hey we can make it we can make ourselves whole by issuing something, the market will swoop in and take that next day. And who then they're is, back.
2: Who are the people that are holding 700,000 Bitcoin on Binance?
0: Well, that's actually the point I was going to bring up. Like, Matt, you mentioned earlier that they're massive in Africa, and Latin America. And from what I understand, a lot of those users like use Binance as their bank. They have Binance Pay, which I believe is separate from the exchange, but there's some... Interaction like there.
2: Payment method. Yeah. yeah,
0: and the uh, the point I'm trying to make there, I think going back to the Binance to FTX comparison, I imagine the deposits on Binance are a bit stickier than they were on FTX. Yeah, because yeah, it's an I think it's exchange. gonna be much harder to do a bank run.
4: But but for that matter, like it, it's possible that uh people it's gonna be harder to do a bank run. It's I like not... do doing...
2: I know I like <laughs> bank runs.
4: Well, to, to the 700- we're doing bitcoin or doing bank runs the seven hundred thousand bitcoin that might that might just be what's there. It could be that customers collectively think that they have one point right. four million in bitcoin you know like the, that seven hundred is, isn't necessarily there's no proof of liabilities there's here's no a bit reserves is a sham uh
2: it it is good like we should be looking at the on-chain wallets like it's it's still helpful right like it's i mean yeah you get the analysis like it's interesting to me that most of these suits were giving me shit about raising the alarm about barry silbert and gemini which by the way they still haven't gotten their fucking money back <laughs> you look at gemini's wallets it's there there is a literal bank run going on like we can see the bank run going on on chain uh, if you look at coinbase's wallets like the numbers are going down significantly uh, but then, if you look at Bitfinex's wallets and Binance's, they're trending up. So you don't know what the liabilities are, but you can you can check trends and you can see the trends and 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 you know compare compare and contrast those trends. Um, I don't know. It's just all. I I I I think the I think there's a lot more bank runs are going to happen, both like in quote unquote crypto and also in the traditional financial world. Like I think we're way not out of the woods yet in terms of the macro landscape. Um, I just think it's interesting that so much of the conversation has been on Binance when if you actually like start looking at the numbers and you start on un- you know unpacking it. and the other thing too, by the way, if Binance does if Binance is insolvent, um and everything you say about CZ is true and we broke two twelve, so like <laughs> you lost the whole house betting on two twelve Binance coin, Um like a major stark difference between him and SBF is like he will do the good old fashioned uh, like crypto exchange failure. Like that'll be a like a long ass process with withdrawals get worse and worse and harder. Like he's not gonna declare bankruptcy three days after everything happens. Like go go to mommy and be like, what do I do? He's like, oh, you gotta get lawyers in. You gotta declare bankruptcy and like get all your papers in order so we could do a restructuring here. Maybe we'll relaunch the business. He's not gonna do that shit.
1: Yeah, nah. I go, go, like, go as far as to say we'll see more uh, bank runs, actual bank runs, <laughs> and insolvencies before we see Binance.
0: <laughs> are, we, are we ready to tie up this Binance subject? Because that this does provide a good segue to actual bank runs, which is something we do have on the list, and we have uh, <clears throat> a chart Monday to show.
2: That we have uh, Josh in the comments, and he wants to know. He's on the um TV slash stream on the Zap stream. He wants to know if it's intentional that you are sitting in the king chair and everyone else is in the club chair.
0: Yes, yes. <laughs> we need to we need to stamp the hierarchy here via the chairs. This, this chair is just too comfy. I spent too much money on this chair not to sit. No. <laughs> <laughs> this is a pre. This is a pre-Nixon ripping us off the gold standard chair. It's built in 1960. Do you want
1: to tell Matt about the montage night last night?
0: Oh. <laughs> what 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 about? We went we went back. We were listening to old episodes of TFTC uh, around the dinner table.
1: But there were seven bitcoiners and none of them had heard the montage from the manic marty in 17. The
2: original montage.
1: The original montage. They were everybody looked <laughs>
2: yeah
1: yeah yeah. it is funny going i mean it it
0: it it was the first time i'd listened to it in many years and i said it on the last trade. it's a bit nostalgic but it's also a little cringe how nervous (laughs) i was literally reading off the script
2: if you want to talk about cringe my favorite part is you can clearly tell like marty was pressured a little bit to make it more crypto rather than bitcoin and yeah. then, like, by episode three or four, he's just like, fuck you. And it's just Bitcoin only. But, like, there's some, he's, there's some crypto usage in the beginning.
0: Yes. Well, I went back and listened to episode 20 of TFTC, which is the first time that we sat down and recorded. And we were, uh it was cringe because in the beginning, we were referencing everything as like crypto Twitter. And we talked One a lot of about my crypto episodes <laughs> in the merch closet.
2: I brought a bottle of McAllen 15 over to Barstool Sports to record with Marty. And I expected us to be in this like beautiful, one of the best podcast studios in the world. And we're just, like surrounded by barstool t-shirts and the fucking with handheld mics. Dude, everyone's a fucking scammer. That was, one
1: of that, that was one. I mean, speaking of scammers that that's when, uh, Matt was from Austin at the time he was just visiting. Yeah, for... right.
2: <laughs> I worked like three blocks away. <laughs>
1: uh, good time. Six years,
0: six years have come and gone. Um, yeah, well, let's I mean, let's segue this into like actual bank runs. Um, if you guys I'm trying to figure out this, so we just got to, to force the segue. Because um, the I recorded an episode with John Titus on TFTC a couple months ago, and he's really been digging into um, the exposure to what is it, FLHB loans or FHLB um, in pull up the. It's the housing fund or whatever. It's yeah. like 90 billion it's or something It's already crazy.
2: like six months to, to PSBTs.
0: Yeah. it took. So probably
2: <laughs> got the acronym wrong.
0: Yeah. But we have a chart here and it seems like people are dying. Like John Titus is the one who created the spreadsheet that's tracking this data. It looks like Charles Schwab um, has massive exposure to this FHLB loan facility, which is what led to the collapse of first republic i believe in signature
2: particularly just bought td ameritrade like my wife's like retirement accounts like got auto transferred to fucking insolvent charles schwab
0: where where did you put this chart you had it up um at the beginning it's it's got it's like an excel sheet with green and yellow on it Uh, okay
2: so what are f8 lbs or whatever federal
0: housing loan
2: um well most people don't realize. Like, as soon as you take a mortgage, the U.S. government essentially just buys the mortgage right away, regardless of your yes. mortgage. So, Jesse, like is, you... Isn't, like, Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac or whatever, like, those are government-run operations, right?
0: Yeah, and the, mm-hmm. you should actually go listen to the last episode I recorded with Matthew Mazinxius, and we dove into the balance sheet of Freddie and Freddie, um, or Freddie and Fannie Mac. And I mean, remove have- this truck.
2: I like, I feel like I don't see, I can't see anybody. I they have like
0: my... $7 trillion of, of liabilities. Um, but Jesse, you're the one who put this chart forth. What are, what are we seeing here?
4: Uh, this one? <laughs>
0: yeah.
4: <laughs> <laughs> oh, this might've been from Dylan. Uh, um,
2: that's not a fucking chart. That's a fucking spreadsheet.
4: Break. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, if oh, I, if I put that in the shadows, it, it was, uh, do you know what's going Cause right it was right? in Dylan's update this week.
0: Um, I did see this chart. Long story short,
1: <laughs> the banks are
4: fucked.
0: This is this is what led to the downfall of like first Republican signature, and it looks like Charles Schwab, which is yeah,
1: but Charles is probably
2: too big to fail, right? Like they're just <laughs> bailing everyone out, right?
0: I don't know. Do they have the ability to do that?
2: I did like a little cursor, and obviously this like I'm left bell curve on this shit. Like that's why I just stack sats. Uh, this is the beauty of Bitcoin. Um, but like I did some like little research. So I guess like this kind of is a similar situation as UBS and Credit Suisse. Like Credit Suisse was failing. There was like an orchestrated buyout where UBS bought it. Now UBS has all their toxic shit on their balance sheet. Um and and Charles Charles, me and my good friend Charles. Charles Club, he Chuck. I think he did the same thing with T D Ameritrade essentially. Like T D Ameritrade was failing, so they they did like a backroom deal where they they took over all of TD Ameritrade's clients um and the, the reason I was looking into it is because like a good old-fashioned bank run is like quite obvious right it's like okay so I have you know 120k in my account um and I'm under the 250k quote-unquote insured limit so the U.S. government just comes in prints money like gives it to me and if I'm over the 250 you just like hope it's too big to fail and, and they either do some kind of they do some kind of organized buyout where like a bigger bank buys a smaller bank but apparently like none of these hold stocks for you like ubs holds stocks for you charles schwab holds stocks for you and like i'm i i couldn't wrap my head around like what are the second order effects if like a major broker goes down and like they were playing funny games and they don't have all the Like, they were rehypothecating the stock certificates that are in individuals' names that are completely... I think they're completely separate from, like, the insurance FDIC shit.
1: Um, Yeah, that only does... Do you have any opinion
2: on that, any of you guys? Like, I don't fucking know. It's my understanding,
1: like, the the ETFs, that's, like, how they make their money, right? Like, they're able to compress the fees on an ETF, which is effectively, like, stocks within a basket, and then they're able to relend. They relend, but I don't know... Yeah, but
2: I'm saying, like, okay, so, like, you hold your ETF... Or your Apple stock on Charles Schwab, and Charles Schwab goes bankrupt. Like, do did, did those get like liquidated?
0: Well, they're or, working. They, like,
2: sell pressure on the stock. <clears throat>
0: no, I think they work with broker dealers and clearinghouses on the back end that actually hold those assets. And you'd probably
1: have like a restructuring. They're
2: really self custodying their stock certificates. Like, yeah. People don't like filing yeah. cabinets with like Apple yeah. stocks. No.
1: I mean well this is the like essence of qualified custodian like there's supposed right. to be a segregation <laughs> there's supposed to be a segregation from this was like Charles Ponzi or whatever like there, there you have to segregate from like the asset manager versus the custody because of these like funny games that happen but I don't know I've never owned an equity I got we have Carlos
2: saying, agreeing with Marty it's like the clearing holds the
4: shares or yeah. something.
0: DTCC yeah, yeah like a clearing is connected to the DTCC DTCC and, and this, is this, like D- the
4: the this where career. kind of just generally the accounting uh, and, and controls are pretty well developed in in this world, uh, hundred years of <laughs> trial by fire. But so, isn't this what
1: happened to Robinhood? <laughs> in Citadel,
4: I, I'm unfamiliar with what I th- happened to Robinhood. No, no I think, all these things like whether Charles Schwab
1: or Robinhood, they're like front ends to these clearinghouses.
4: You no, know I'm that saying Robinhood stock.
1: There was like more shares outstanding of Robinhood than existed like they had they had played funny games with the issuance or them out like when everyone went to call there was like more issues yeah than- well this is the problem with
0: like dtcc and the, like the clearinghouse pipes around it it's like the, the actual clearing the time it takes to clear these trades like creates like a lot of confusion and you have instances where you have more claims uh than actual stocks that have been issued out on the market Brian, you have anything to add to this? Are you okay over there?
3: I'm good. Yeah, no, I, 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 have, I have nothing to add there. Um, I, I think what you're saying makes the most sense, Marty. Like, it might just be a drawn-out process, but ultimately, the stock should be there. Like, you're not... I don't think you can get rugged in that sense.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but... Brian all was at a private bank. I just assumed he was going to be able to tell <laughs>
3: us who
0: Well, but back to Charles Schwab, like, the stat... I went back and read the tweet. So, with the FHLB loans, they have... Um, 130 percent of their equity tied up in these short-term loans that are coming due recently so they literally don't have enough equity in their company to cover the loans that they've taken out and so that's why that tweet is signaling like hey we have a potential Lehman moment coming up with Charles Schwab
2: yeah I mean Lehman's a good example right because like Bear Stearns failed about six months seven months like if it lines up like that it would just be
4: I, ironic i guess well, um, we've been saying it,
0: that all year like it seems yeah, like that's
4: history rhymes sort of situation yeah. where the, the banking crisis and the btfp that uh, calmed a the market yeah it was a tremor that they got in front of they printed enough money or, or they created a blank check to just say hey market it's all going to be okay you don't need to have it runs on these regional banks right they um, hid everything beneath the surface but didn't right, like and that papers it over for a while, but meanwhile, the Fed has continued to raise interest rates. Um, I don't I don't know how much over the last six months, but uh, 50 bips, something like that. Um, and that's how you're gonna. The tide is c- continuing to go out, and so these Charles Schwab, Charles Schwab may be swimming naked here. And that as that time rolls over, where they have to um, come up with the money to to roll these loans or you know they may be overexposed uh, versus what they're expecting.
2: The one thing that is very different from 2008 is that after Bear Stearns they didn't preemptively bail out every remaining bank which is what they did in this situation
4: with that buy the fucking pump program. Yep. Uh. Yep. because there was a semblance <laughs> of capitalism still back then like that, that we had such a drawn out fight over tarp uh the bank bailouts that was all one trillion dollars all of that and it's, we literally have printed 1.3 trillion dollars in new debt nice in the last two months
1: it's embarrassing the amount of capital i hold in the regulated financial system <laughs> No, you like should, personal, like it should. It would be embarrassing if you had a lot of money in it. Like the well, fact that you don't. I mean, but we're on the other side of that. I think if most would think, I mean, I would imagine most bank accounts are, uh, you know, running on e, on the dollar side. Definitely well, on this show. Is, yeah, on this show. Well, that's <laughs> okay. that's
2: awesome. Here's the problem, right? Is like, I mean, with Bitcoiners, obviously, like we think Bitcoin is our dry powder. Uh, but if if we are entering if we are slow rolling into a global recession depression um, and i talked to, to marty about this on rabbit hole recap uh last week um if you go back and roll the tapes like in february 2020 march 2020 i ironically like that's when big corners were like like this this virus is going to kill everybody whatever <laughs> um we were obviously wrong about that aspect but before the market reacted and before like everything started taking a hit and people were like, Oh shit, we're fucked. Like we had been talking about it for so long that it almost got boring by the time it happened. And then it happened. Um, and I kind of feel like we're slow rolling into this thing where we think cause we're in this fucking bubble that everyone agrees that we're in a recession right now and agrees that shit looks bad on the macro level, but most people are in fucking denial. And so the, the, the issue you have on your hands is, um, I think I called it the temptation to trade. Uh, the issue you have on your hands is, like, where do you actually put your money? Uh, I, I, you know, I remain steadfast in my belief that that's Bitcoin. Um, but if you're talking about like a traditional person, like a, just a non bitcoiner or a pre-corner, um, and they have like a shit ton of fucking Apple stock, you know, they have, like, their five Airbnbs or whatever. I don't know what people have their money in. Um, like, do they, do they sell it and then, then put it in dollars in the bank that's going to get run on or and lose value to inflation that's going to continue to run hot? Like, where do you put that money? And that is the, it's just like this crazy shell game where, like, you have nowhere safe to put your money except yeah. for bitcoin but even bitcoin in the short term like if we hit like a real bad situation like who knows where the bitcoin price is going to be at. but even
0: if the bitcoin price goes down i think the value prop there is the limited the counterparty risk that has been eliminated even if the value of your value of your bitcoin goes down you have access to your money even if it is at a lesser purchasing power than it was before a price down downturn
2: yeah no, like a bnb like falls under 205 dollars <laughs>
4: And then he sells all 700,000 Bitcoin on us. So, so Matt, uh, are you going to say that uh, Binance won't collapse? I'm not going <laughs> to.
2: <laughs> like I said, like it could happen at any moment. Um, I just, I, there's, there's, there's issues there with the, with, with the amount of attention that's being applied. Every custodian, I, I operate under the assumption that you can just wake up in the morning and like there's no banks exist, like no exchanges exist. Like you like I'm be, like freaks, become unruggable. Like you just need to, like we live in a in a world filled with rugs. There's one, Don't there's one, one right here. <laughs> yeah.
4: Rug in every room. <laughs>
0: uh, so what do we think? Do we get do we get fireworks this fall? In the banking
1: sector, all I heard is Matt's so, going to be trading this, and he's probably getting out of the Bitcoin. Position. <laughs> no, no, so I talked about rewind. the ledge last week. What, what was the term I, you use?
2: There's a
4: temptation to
2: trade this. Yeah, yeah.
4: <laughs> I think, I think. Okay, so there's been an uptick of in the media the the phrase "soft landing." So you know, there are some clever uh, metrics tracking how many times people are using the term "soft landing" versus "hard landing." Soft landing is winning recently. Like people believe that we are seeing a soft landing, that the Fed has navigated a successful soft landing. And that just historically doesn't line up with the, the, this scenario. You, you can't raise rates from zero to five and a half percent, keep them there, and have bankruptcy starting to, to uptick in a big way and expect it to be a successful soft landing instead it's a, the lag effect. Um, it, for whatever reason human psychology doesn't seem to appreciate that when rates are raised it takes 18 months for that to flow through to unemployment. And you know, we're 12 plus months into that. So it's not like we've navigated this this situation through the expert maneuvering of the Fed. It's just that there's more time to come and I, I anchor back to Stan Druckenmiller who's in my opinion, the best investor out there, right? in in this day and age, um, and he's in the hard landing camp. He's he's saying that if you go if you raise rates to higher for longer, that it creates stickier inflation and a higher likelihood of uh, a hard landing crash. And he, his ex- expectation is that happens sometime six you know around six months from now. I think that's kind of my base case, too. No one crashes and then calls it a hard landing afterwards. Just FYI. (laughs) (laughs) Right. No,
0: but there there are some data points that have come out in recent weeks to validate that thesis that higher for longer will lead to higher inflation, particularly in wages. I believe American Airlines just renegotiated the American Airlines employees just renegotiated their deal. I think they got like a 40 percent. Uh, pay increase uh, ups obviously was a big meme a couple weeks ago their drivers are getting 170 K um, and then I saw another tweet yesterday of like the average um, salary negotiation for for new employees that that has jumped something like 30 to 40 percent as well
3: I mean I think even if you're in the delusional soft landing camp like it's it's a transitory soft landing right like it's a short-term <laughs> soft landing and over the long term it's it's a hard landing. Oh, goes far. <laughs> it's literally all bullshit. Like, like it, it's
1: it's it's all bullshit. It's bullshit. From the Matt was like kind of hedging in the we're on the way to a global recession. We are literally right in the middle of it. If you go anywhere and you hear like times are tough, people are laid off, and the soft landing is literally just like this you just hear it and it gets incepted via, like, osmosis into people's brains, or, so like, they don't think it's not as bad, or, like, they talk about it as it's not as bad, and it can get worse. That is always that is definitely sure, uh, true. But right now, it is not good out there. Like, from any, and you go, again, left bell curve, like, when you go places, when you talk with people, especially not in the bubbles or circle that you, like... We've created for ourselves, but just in the people that are delivering goods and services in the economy. I told you, I went to go get the stakes yesterday. It was like double. I get hit. Right, twice. Tell that story. It's it's messed up because like Matt knows my like home setup. Like I'm out in the middle of the sticks, so of like just just by myself. And zoom, zoom in, you know. Try to create like a contained environment that is you know whatever. And then I come I come downtown, come visit, come visit my friends Marty and Parker in <laughs> in Austin, and get in and start get in the middle of society and go pick up steaks and grab a bunch of steaks and the first thing is guys like man can i come over it was like (laughs) but it was it was in a way that was like this is crazy what you're doing right now like you're you're buying all these ribeyes and these um you know whatever we got yeah fillets and so then so that was the first hit and then i go to the to to the guy behind the counter
2: asked if he could come choke. yeah yeah he was
1: just like this is incredible like you look look like you're having a yes he was it was a joke Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, no no it wasn't a joke but he was joking but anyway uh so then at the checkout there was a lady (laughs) in the front that was elderly and i guess it was like one of those roundup messages that says like do you want to round up or not Do you want to
2: support the kids or not yeah
1: exactly and she didn't understand what was happening so the guy's explaining it to her and then she's like oh i'll do it today but i usually never do it and like kind of caught herself and the guy was like oh yeah me neither he's like the way things are right now, I made this comment about like how bad things were. Like times were really tough. This is a checkout.
2: Yeah, I the children, I need it.
1: Yeah, exactly. And this is, that. those are just like two, but I, every, Did you every invite week.
2: Them over to dinner? What's that? Did you invite them over to dinner?
1: We had a lot of people over for dinner. Maybe we they...
2: could solve this if we just invited more people over. I got to a, I got an eight
1: person
0: dinner at Ninja launched on me at like noon yesterday. <laughs> we can't you no. love
2: hosting. You love hosting the family dinners. Did okay. you host them at your house?
0: Yeah. Michael slept over. It was a good night. <laughs> you mean, wow. Wow.
2: Wow. Family, home, dimly. Uh, Did you guys split a pillow or how that no, work no, out? I have,
0: a, I have a guest room that I came off wrong. But no, I mean, <laughs> another, dude, another anecdote, data point, literally standing out behind this door with Andy from Crowd Health, We're like catching up. Like, how's your summer been? It's my first time in Austin, like a month. And we're like looking out the door in the alleyway across the street. And there's some dude literally... Going through the trash at Pete Terry's, like looking for food. I think.
4: Yeah, I mean, but that's just Austin. I <laughs>
1: think
4: the the data point that popped out to me recently about like like people are in pain, the middle class is in pain, uh, yeah. is twelve twelve million people canceled their Disney Plus subscription this quarter. That, see like, this? We got. We got. To, we, we we got to get a better example than the, the Disney Plus. <laughs> no, like because why do you do that? That's ten percent of their subscriber base. Why? Why did ten percent of people decide this is the quarter to get rid of Disney Plus? It's because they're looking at their budget for the month and they're they're seeing is it this, that, or is
0: it like a woke boycott?
4: I mean, there's also like a bunch of like. There's way too many streaming services now, and like. <laughs> sure, <laughs> but. But why Why do you cut why do you tighten the belt it's because you're going through tough times and I go back to yeah, the yeah. one that
1: St. Ange had about the Canadian lady that had the loaf of bread she's like middle class and that yeah, she, the, she, she, she needed a loaf of bread to make it through like, like that's week. the example like the, the, the Disney's these things are nice like I'm a little bit
5: concerned but that's un- bit,
1: grounded in data
2: <laughs> I love I'm data just, look I'm a little bit concerned and I, this is not directed at you guys it's mostly directed at Marty that RHR is just going to turn into just like every week. We just like talk about how prices increase. Like we know, like inflation is fucking ripping. Like people are having it bad. Like this, this has been incredibly obvious for quite some time. You know, like I, I don't like, no, no we it's
0: just, a, we're, a good call. We're not, we're not, no, no, not going to no, no. do that, but we should move to the next subject, is which is that they're trying to move the inflation target to 3%.
1: Should we talk about it's these, like, new, this news? Cause this has to do with what we're talking about. Yeah. Like the, dollar, about the dollar breaking down. The inflation target
2: increasing to 3% was like chapter three of Mandibles. Uh. <laughs>
1: but I hear you, Matt. We should, we should talk Bitcoin. We should talk, let's happened. talk Bitcoin. Okay. Right. Let's drop, let's talk ZapRite news. Parker gave this to me just a second ago. We got to drop
0: Fiat. Drop Fiat. I mean, but this is, I mean, so Parker and Will announced they joined ZapRite. Um, they've been working with John here in the commons and throughout Austin all summer. And they um, announced the partnership they relaunch some new features uh, earlier this week. There'll be a big presentation to end BitBlock Boom on Saturday. But if you read the blog post, that Parker and Will co-wrote in the announcement of them joining the team, I, I really like what they're doing here is like taking everything that we're discussing uh, in the world of fiat and what's going on with inflation into context. Like Parker, uh, having had many discussions with him over the last several months, he has what I would define as an urgency to get tools into individuals' hands to be able to accept Bitcoin and be able to accept better money as all this shit's going on. And ZapRite is a tool that enables that. And I, I do like this transition of Parker from Unchained, uh, which really focuses on custody and long-term store of value to ZapRight, which really enables people to accept Bitcoin as payment so that they can protect themselves against the inflation that Matt doesn't want to talk about anymore.
2: Yeah, I think it, I think it's... It's. I'm not scared to talk about inflation. It's just repetitive. <laughs> um, I think it's indica- indi- indicative, 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 <laughs> chikada, um, um of a larger trend, right? Um, where like Parker, it's it's pretty cool to see. I mean, the, the Parker is like very firmly in, came out of like this gold 2.0 uh, Bitcoin as a store value asset kind of class of Bitcoiners. Um, and now he's, you know, very focused on this idea of, of, bootstrapping a circular economy, um, which is just incredibly bullish to see. I mean, I, no one should ever bet against Parker on anything. Um, and as someone who has felt extreme urgency, probably too extreme urgency on bootstrapping a circular economy for years now. Um, it's nice that I could take my foot off the gas a little bit and then just let Parker, you know, drive at like 150 miles an hour down the highway, um, on this path. So
1: yeah. Yeah. Parker, um, we'd been not as much as Marty, but like talking about this idea that he had, he had about just making it easier from the payment side to just getting it, the, the transaction, if you want to receive goods and services and not have to sign up, like, and have your own, because we all have our own existing, like, infrastructure when it thinks like from a personal perspective of like how you custody your exchange you use. So why do you need to like actually go out and sign up for initial service? And there's an inherent friction involved versus like having this like middleware. And we've been talking about it for a while. And then when I saw the blog post and the right and all that, it made complete sense because you mirror that need in the market. Uh, and then on the other side of like what he talks about, and I was listening to one of the old, um, it was from the Matt where We were all we here at the 2020. And, uh, he's, what was it? Like he, the quote was like, if you give a mouse a cookie, he'll give you tr- triple, triple C bonds. Like it was a, it was a, it was a, it was a, are going with that. it was a talk basically <laughs> on the failing. It was a talk on the failing of the dollar, like a, about the dollar hyperinflating and that it's all on different curves. And basically at that point coming three years later and to see it in real time, when you go to the store and you see the numbers in double digit inflation, <laughs> um, I laugh because we've been talking about inflation, but you see the double digit like break. You basically see the breaking of money ultimately and that it's at the most it is very important to start having the infrastructure in place because where I think this is really bullish is that um, I don't think a lot of people are going to be ready to accept Bitcoin or people want to pay. But it's important to have the rails ready because when it does happen, you don't want to be like, you know, scrambling and trying to figure it out. And so that's like the real like big thing. It's like if you're out there and you're a business and you're just been curious about it, you don't know what the demand is, you should really go like, look, it's easy to sign up. You get it set up, you can have all these different ways that you can act, there's more integrations and also more ways to accept the payment because you never know when people start asking, and it's just a better rail for a number of reasons to actually accept the money. And then, it's so to Matt's big point, it's like non-KYC. You don't have to deal with the exchange. You can hold it if you want to sell back to the market. I know it's the kind of bodega thing that you guys have talked about. I've always believed like we all, we end up with bodegas that are basically the, the tr- they're their little Binance without the rugging. Um, As a
2: longtime New Yorker, big bodega bull.
1: Yeah. Bodega bull for your BTC. It's a, it'll be beautiful. You go to the bodega, they know you got the spread. You got, you got, you Bodega's buy some... fix this. <laughs> Bodegas fix this. Yeah. You get your bagel and your BTC or your pair, but anyway, so yeah. Um, bullish on zapper. I don't yeah, what
2: I, Like the, the, the strategy should be build the tools in education and people will come when they realize the need. And, and, and we, we can't, you, you can't build out the tools during mandibles. Yeah. Like they need to be ready. Otherwise, then mandibles happens, right? You don't have you don't have an alternative uh, path that you can take to opt out and protect yourself. Yeah, and I think uh, and this is way bigger than Bitcoin. I yeah. think I think that goes across the board in terms of freedom tech.
0: Yeah, and I think um, ZapRight strategy too is like it's a nice bridge because it does have Stripe integration. So if you do want to accept fiat payments, like it's a good way to like sort of the uh, Trojan horse like Bitcoin payments. You can ZapRight's just a better payment software at the end of the day, whether you're accepting dollars or Bitcoin, like having that optionality out of the box could be a strong selling point for them. Yep. Disclaimer separates that it's a 1031 portfolio company.
2: Um, Go to 1031.vc to see a full list of our portfolio companies. <laughs> uh,
0: Brian, anything to add to this? You've been quiet, man. You okay?
3: I'm just letting you guys run the show. It's your show. Okay. You know? I don't want to be overbearing. You're certainly not being that. <laughs> I, I wanna talk about
2: Tornado Cash.
0: Yes, yes, we yeah. have to talk about Tornado. This is actually probably the biggest story of the week. Everybody's mm-hmm. talking about Binance. Um, so who was it? Department of Justice officially um, indicted two of the Tornado Cash founders, both named Roman, um, with facilitating money laundering, knowingly facilitating money laundering um, via tornado cash. And this is going to be uh, a big case. That's going to set a pretty big precedent one way or the other, because essentially, uh, I don't think there's any actual proof that was in the filing, um, that, that was released yesterday that, that proves that they had any intent to actually facilitate money laundering for criminals. They just simply wanted to provide a privacy tool to people using Ethereum. Um, and I guess the DOJ is running with the argument that if you are going to provide privacy, you are knowingly enabling money laundering. At the end of the day, and this what, is big. as a
1: refresher. Like even for me, is what what was the relationship with them? And it was they were they just like maintaining the software, or was it it wasn't were, a custodian? They wrote the smart
0: contract, and then had a
1: front end to access it.
2: They 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 wrote they wrote the smart contract, so they were the developers. Um, and then for a little while, it was running where they could update it. And then in 2020, they pushed an update that was like the forever update was, you know, like they they had they could not stop the contract after 2020. Uh, it was non-custodial. They did have a, you know, they had a fucking token attached, obviously, because who doesn't nowadays? Uh, they had a token attached. They took VC money for the token. Um, and the token had some kind of accrual mechanism that the more people that used... Tornado Cash, like, uh, if you were holding the token, you you made money off of it.
1: Yeah. So I mean, there's, is this pretty similar to a situation that like a samurai wallet could find themselves in? Well, that's I think the, again going back to this case, will set a pretty
0: important precedent one way or the other because it seems like the DOJ isn't really basing the indictment. In logic, they're really just trying to.
3: That's what I was going to ask: is how do you prove the intent there? Exactly,
2: and so that's like the big, the big worry with this case. They had some chat messages that were like, um, "We put, you know, they they like had the founders like talking to the venture firm, and they were saying KYC, right? Well, that we put the, we we you know we put an IP block on the webpage so that if you're if you're coming from a Um, sanctioned country or prohibited country you can't use the web page but like people could still use the smart contract without the web page block and they like knowingly accepted that as a possibility the other thing to keep in mind is using that web page they were actually filtering um, they were filtering like the OFAC sanctioned list of Ethereum addresses but that didn't protect them Um, so they, they attempted to comply um they bent the knee and they they still got this thrown at them um so these were two of the founders. The third founder is still in jail uh in uh in the Netherlands in Amsterdam i believe um awaiting trial in the courts over there in addition to it um but yeah, I mean it's not like if you care about freedom this is this is a complete overreach. Uh, regardless of how you feel about Ethereum or or that project. Um, I mean, it's it's a straight up attack on privacy. Um, And and it is a very dangerous precedent because it's the first time that an operator of a non-custodial privacy tool has been targeted. Um, This was strictly not custodial, um, which has been the major... You know, uh, Whirlpool, Samurai, and Wasabi are centralized, but they do not take custody. Yeah, and I mean, that, that it, the major, the major argument for—I don't want to say compliance, right?
1: But, but on that thread, it's to your point. It's almost like, well, what's to say if this is a legitimate, you know, precedent? or they they make it a legitimate precedent and signal to facilitate. Well, it seems like Samurai, I don't know, maybe it's coincidental, but it seems like
0: Samurai has some urgency to yeah. release their uh, distributed Whirlpool coordinator.
2: Um, I don't know how that works, though, for what it's worth. Do you know how that works? Not, not uh, off the top of my head. But yeah, they tweeted about it. Yeah.
0: Um, so, yeah, Samurai dev, or it was TD dev sent out a tweet earlier this week that, like, decentralized Whirlpool 1.0. Is coming soon. I do
2: wonder. I do wonder if there's a discrepancy. Like, like the key argument, and and obviously, um, like Wasabi has int- intentionally, they like they preemptively complied with OFAC stuff, and like there's they're screening input addresses, and they're using chain surveillance, and they're adding all their inputs to it. But like I said, I mean, Tornado Cash is doing similar stuff. Um, and it didn't protect them. Um, the argument the argument has always been that you know Bitcoin isn't being transferred. These coordinators aren't transferring Bitcoin. they're transferring messages. they're transferring signed messages. They're coordinating Bitcoin transactions that they're not a part of and they're not taking custody of. Um, I do wonder if the way a court looks at a smart contract, I'm not saying that they should or shouldn't but the difference between a smart contract versus just like a relatively basic message transfer protocol, um, because like, does a smart contract take custody? Like, it's hard to like contemplate in your head like what a smart contract is. And does a court even grok that distinction? I mean, but then, last but not least, like it's important to realize that Tornado Cash was doing significant volume because most hacks are happening on Ethereum. <laughs> So they had like a shit ton of fucking hack volume that was going through it. I think chain surveil- chain like chain analysis, the company, which is a chain surveillance firm said that it was like seven, only 7% illicit activity. But in terms of numbers, like volume numbers compared to anything that's happening, uh, compared to volume numbers on Wasabi and on Samurai, it like was massive, you know, billions of dollars was going through it. And I think, you know, the, the ultimate lesson is if something is centralized and it goes back to the Binance Tether stuff, if something is centralized um, and does, it hits real product market fit, like finds massive success and, and is providing any kind of freedom to the end user that's outside of the US financial system, it doesn't matter what the law is saying in the books or anything. Like they're just going to fucking, you know, launch a hypothetical cruise missile at you and just take you fucking out. And and that's what happened here. That's what happened with BitMEX. Um, I mean, I think the postmortem of BitMex is that they actually got a great deal. Uh like they got like a ten million dollar slap on the wrist as like a cost of doing business. But it happens to all these guys, right? And and you know, that's the target on Binance's back. You know, once again, Binance, you know, offers privacy from the US government to a lot of people, presumably we don't know what they're handing over but they they should be considered any any custodial wallet is essentially breaks your links on chain um so yeah i think i think that's the lesson i think i think the lesson is this is why it's important to build tools that are are not centralized and don't have that central point of failure because that's the vulnerability that's where people get pressured and by the way tornado cash still works like you can use the smart contract today. They can put these guys in jail for a hundred years and it, and it'll, it'll still work behind the scenes, but because they were the face of it, because they were profiting off of it, um, they were made a, an example of,
0: yeah. Zach is saying in the comments on YouTube that he's currently running, um, the whirlpool coordinator on test net. So it seems like things cool. are happening there. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, just broadly speaking, just like dig deeper into like the essence of what's going on here is a massive attack on privacy and civil liberties in the digital age. These governments are rapidly losing control on the financial system, on the narrative uh, of the, their individuals, confidence in their ability to actually facilitate uh, anything efficiently. And so this is what happens when governments and institutions lose control. They grasp for more power by Really trying to send a message like, "Hey, don't step out of line. Get back in line. Be a good sheep. You you can't yeah. transact privately."
1: I was looking at this Marty Jones hat. I didn't know if, how far you were going to take this one, but it was. I mean, they, these people hate you. They think they're better than you.
0: <laughs> they do not. They do not want you to have privacy. I mean, speaking of Alex Jones, I mean, I think his call last week seems to be coming <laughs> to fruition. I mean, it seems like they're lining up to bring back <laughs> mass mandates uh coerced
1: vaccinations and lockdowns um let's uh let's 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 pivot uh, matt doesn't like when we talk let's, no let's but go it's, an, again no, that's a, no. that's another when symptom marty
2: says, when marty says that he means the blue check
1: <laughs> 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 I, said, I said marty jones and, and, and he goes and references alex jones no
0: but it, it should make you angry because like everything like the last trade conversation this conversation like they're very important things happening here. And the chilling effect that something like this case could have if it sways the wrong way will be massive and will slow down the ability for individuals to build out the Bitcoin network in a way that they feel safe and will deter people from from adopting it, which is completely nefarious considering the fact that we all know, we won't bring up the I word, but the fiat system is on very fragile, Foundations right now, and they're trying to close the exits and prevent us from adopting a technology that can help us protect ourselves from the ramifications of that failure.
1: Yeah, I mean, the one thing I'd say though is like, how do you play this? Um, in the reference to like these things are gonna have, they're gonna try to do something, whether it's that or something else. It's like you change your ge- geographic footprint, like where you should be. And we all know people that are comfortable even now in this and that we try to work with. Uh, and and you know we're obviously in Texas, Matt's in Tennessee. I think very two solid spots, um, but you should really like not be complacent because it's it's something I always think of like when it, it was the the framework of I think about like Bitcoin and like what would cause when people like even my wife's like maybe this thing doesn't like what what's the pl- backup plan? It's like well what would cause it to not work right in the same way like what would cause it to go the other direction as you have everything in going in a trajectory up and to the right in the same way of like we're in a bull market for statism and until we get a lot worse, we will get better. And so you have to protect and like act accordingly. And so part of this stuff is like be in jurisdictions and areas that are going to be as friendly as possible. There's no pure like haven, but there are areas to go to.
0: You got upper West side, Brian squirming over here. (laughs) Yeah.
1: We got to fix, we got to fix that. I gave him 12 months before he's in Texas.
3: You know, Texas Texas is in the cards, need a farm, need some land, need some, open air. I think you're right.
2: Brian, you know, mandibles is set in New York, right?
3: Yep. Yep. I've read it. Unlike Marty. Read there it. we go. I read it.
2: <laughs> well, shit, you didn't read it.
1: I won't touch that book with a 10 foot pole. Oh, you're about to trigger my, <laughs> well, anyway,
2: guys, <laughs> the thesis is mandibles than Bitcoin standard.
0: Like You said earlier, if we get these tools into people's hands, maybe mandibles doesn't happen to the extent that it did in the book that I definitely read.
2: You didn't read the book, it's set in New York. <laughs> and we don't know, like, some people obviously took it better than the people in New York took it. It's, it's set in a you know, a failed city. Is
0: New York a failed city? How's New York these days, Brian?
3: It's nice where I live, to be honest, but uh, it's different, it's different than having land like you know you're not in the city of austin you're like outside austin so it's a little different than you know any any super urban area is going to be different than having your own autonomy and, and land so i well, think that's the real benefit it's not necessarily like i mean no, west coast I, east coast i think it's like super urban area versus rural exactly yeah
1: but i would go further than like it's more about when all this stuff happened in 2020, who were the first two states that completely pushed back and were wide open Is Florida and Texas, independent of being in land or not? Like you just got people got sure. to do what they did. That's why Austin, well, we were talking Austin, about- Austin, the Bitcoin capital of the world had Bitcoin uh, bit dev start where everybody was afraid to do it. And then people just started coming and they just started moving because they could just do what they could could do and I was one of those people
0: but we were d- discussing this last night too there are pockets in these blue states like I lived in one throughout COVID in South Jersey like
1: but they're surrounded by people that hate you so you're not in a very good long term spot there's plenty
0: of plenty of land plenty of food we were in Cape May County we we're going to restaurants people, people weren't weren't uh, abiding by the mask mandates I was going to gyms I was going to farms like there are these pockets
1: pockets
2: the, Matt, how do you feel about another, the pockets the pockets
1: like the pockets. The
2: pockets and- no, I mean, the problem with the Northeast is the Northeast is the benefit of the Northeast is that it's super dense population wise. And the negative is that it's super dense population wise. So, um, you know, shit hits the fan and mandibles. Like one of the guys in one of the family members had, he bought land upstate New York, called it the Citadel. Everyone made fun of him. Well, she literally wrote the fucking book for us. Um, but, uh, like what happened? Like when when shit hit the fan, there was like twenty million people within, you know, walking dis- extreme walking distance of his property, right? And 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 you have to deal with that situation in a chaotic in a chaotic time.
4: Yeah, yeah. I I have a, a friend actually who uh, his family had a ranch right outside of Houston, and when they had that big uh, hurricane ten years ago or whatever. Um, they dealt with a lot of trespassers on their land, like like it, to to a point where it made them realize that if shit hits the fan, this is actually not a safe, you know, distance from the city. So they ended up selling that piece of land and buying something further away. Exactly.
2: And if you like, if you like, do the math in the Northeast, it's just really hard to get away from like New York, Boston, Philly. I mean, yeah, New Jersey is Nigeria of the United States, most
0: densely populated.
3: Yeah. No. Exactly, but Marty, who's, who's going to defend these areas? Aren't you the tip of the spear for Philly?
0: <laughs> I don't know, I don't know. I do want to go back and defend Philly. Is it bad that I love where I came from? No, not at all. There's that's a, that's a fucked up thought about all of this. It's like is going to yeah. tear families apart. Like, Look, if
4: I'm, you want to be I'm from, people, I'm from LA. I'm. going to stop I'm from, I'm from California, and and California is now talking about implementing like wealth tax and, and not and an exit tax for people who move away from California to get away from a wealth tax.
0: Not only that, they're talking about a retroactive wealth tax or exit yeah. tax too, which is
4: insane.
2: And keep in mind, by the way, the U S has this. Yes. Hmm. Yeah. True. But you know, Can we live in a free country, gentlemen. <laughs> that's what our, that's what our grandparents let happen.
4: Yeah. uh, It it is painful to think about the amount of freedom that I read something recently about in 1900, the only interaction the the average citizen had with the U.S. government was through the post office. That was it. There was no income tax. There was nothing else. You just lived your life and, and you used the post office as your government service and how things have crept since then. We need a return. Could you imagine Anyway, if
0: the only interaction we had with the U.S. <laughs> government was the post office, which none of us use anymore, would be like, incredible.
2: It, yeah, I just life life is too short. Like, like it's gonna take decades. Like, I, I, if you you want to fight, you want to fight for Philly. It's gonna fucking take decades to turn that ship around like just know what investment you're getting into.
1: That's what I was <laughs> that's it was explaining yesterday we had I think everybody at the table wasn't from Texas or like even visiting like we didn't wasn't they were just from out of town and they were coming from either like SF or New York or Jersey and it was the same conversation where I was in your shoes explaining like sure go back but like it's like this is not end up well for anybody and it sucks it's not like just trying to position it and i think what ultimately happened we were in a a group text about how to play land and some stuff and i was realizing that along with what's happening now but like maybe going back to these places is we've gotten complacent in the same way like we're thinking about the banks or not we but the the market is like oh the banks are gonna be okay and then the rug just happens again (laughs) And it's like, and so that's how I think we're in this lull right now where it's like, oh, everything's fine. It looks okay. It's like, no, it, it really isn't like it, it isn't. And, and what happened in 2020, imagine being in that scenario again, but in a different situation. Like that was probably just the, the, the higher stakes. Yeah. That was just like the little taste.
2: It's a, it's a classic strategy in authoritarianism, right? You push, 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 push. You wait till you wait till the people push back. Then you like give them a little bit. You let them like simmer down and then you push, 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 push. Like we I mean, I've seen that to the extreme with our Canadian friends, right? Like Canada turned really shit. They were all like getting ready to move, like getting all their shit in order, like figuring out how to move. Bitcoiners, you know, have options if you if you hold a decent amount of Bitcoin. And then like shit simmered down and they're like, Ah, moving's hard. I gotta switch countries. I gotta do this, I gotta do that. And they just like simmer back down into it, right?
1: Yeah. That's exactly right. We get complacent and then we think it's it's all there. And and that's, yeah, that's what I was saying about the, the pool because we have conversations with, you know, colleagues and individuals that are kind of on the fence. And it's really like, it's, a, it's like you said, it's family. And then it's the dynamic of how do you like, you know, sway and, and get the side because there's these ties to these places. But there's ulti- ultimately like, it's very Darwinistic in the sense of like, if you don't make the right call, it could be fatal. Yeah. It's tough, man. It's really emotional. Um,
0: for me, personally, I mean, I can come from, I'm sure you feel this too, Matt. Um, yeah, I've got a big family that I love dearly and care about. And, I mean, I experience it when I go home in the summer. It's like, it's it's hard leaving that. And then, yeah, thinking about if the shit hits the fan and they're all going through that and I'm over here.
5: I don't know.
2: Yeah, yeah, but, like, if you run it through your head, it's, like, if shit hits the fan and I'm visiting family in the Northeast, like, my immediate strategy is try to get the fuck out of there. It's, like, it's <laughs> like, what? It's like, oh, like, God, good thing I'm here when shit hits the fan. It's, like, come with me. I'm out. Like, there's no fucking number one rule of thumb is, like, if shit actually does hit the fan, it's, like, you just want to get out of the population centers. Like, you do mm-hmm. not want to be there.
1: And this sick thing keeps happening where my like family, my wife's family's like up in the Northeast, and I go up there. and There's these always little like fire alarms. The last one was like the fire that was just a fire, and everything was red, but there was no fire. The f- pictures were, like we need to go home. Like this is not. Good. These things don't happen. I
2: mean, last time I was in the Northeast, there was like a fake Russian coup going on, and I was like, oh fuck, like I'm just, I'm gonna just get nuked. How about that? I'm, I'm just gonna get nuked while I'm visiting the Northeast, and cause no one's gonna fucking hit Tennessee, right? I don't
0: That's, know. Maybe. Uh, I don't know. That's where the Knicks started. Yeah, it's where the
2: Knicks are. <laughs> did, you, did you
0: see that guy?
2: Uh, did you see that guy?
0: Uh, they shot him down.
2: That no one knew Wagner or whatever, and now everyone knows, and then he's dead. The
0: greatest. Mm-hmm. As as a former hot dog salesman, he he uh, is something to aspire to. As you go from a hot dog salesman to running a militia. <laughs> And then eventually get shot down, from you, Moscow to St. Petersburg.
2: That, is that a tie-up? Did that happen? Like what? I mean, was there was
0: videos up? of the plane falling. Was he on the plane? I don't know. Like,
2: no. Did the
1: coup happen?
0: <laughs> oh, I think it was manufactured tie
1: Speaking of tie-ups, you said there actually,
0: I, no. If they actually did shoot him yeah, down, I mean, maybe right. like it did happen, and Putin was like, you know what?
2: does he even exist is he even a person
0: yeah <laughs> i think so yeah he
1: might not be a person but this, speaking of coos and not yeah, he was he was,
0: he was he was talked about pretty glowingly in the hot dog season,
1: <laughs> years ago. Yeah. He, we knew we knew about him this reminds me of the india. the india the space landing on india Like <laughs> 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 this is just like the the epitome you. you can't believe anything anymore
3: it's tough, uh, it's tough out there on like, the I internet know. streets yeah <laughs>
1: I don't know if he's a real person. Yeah, he may not be, to be honest. It's what? He had like a three week arc of he was a coup yeah. and then he died in a plane crash. They're and...
2: like, this is the most powerful person in Russia that's not Putin. Never heard of him in a million years.
1: Matt, I wanna
2: like, oh. and then he's he does a coup and then he dies. And he like back the coup after. right before it happened. I'm gonna, gonna keep dies. I'm gonna
0: keep the streak going. I'm gonna give my credit, I, my myself credit. We've we haven't been uh Succumbing to the psyops. We didn't, we didn't fall for the Wagner group. We didn't I don't fall know what for I'm looking for because I don't know what you're well, talking I'm about for AK <laughs> LK99. I'm, sure,
2: I'm pretty sure that everything is a psyop. I'll a a psyop well. Tom
0: yeah. doesn't want to use the word psyop.
1: Is anywhere. a Maui psyop? uh In it, which direction? Yeah, there's so many weird. Probably, it's hard.
2: But can you break it down for
4: us? Like, what, like Our, I'm not sure the angle. RFK did put out a tweet about the math on on Maui versus Ukraine. Uh, we're sending $25 billion to Ukraine. If you spread that out over Maui citizens, it's 500000 per person. But
2: that's not... <laughs> once again, we have to isolate the two things. Like, that's just... Government's corrupt, and that's, you know... Part yeah, of no, the- that's
1: the point, I guess. I'm sending him the, yeah. the war machine. machine. Yeah, Maui's too much. Yeah, it's not... It's just, I
0: mean, there's something. all I know is that it stinks. It stinks. <laughs> I don't know what happened, but <laughs> it stinks. I feel like
2: sometimes RHR is like uh, it's like always sunny episodes, like the gang solves Maui. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it, when when Logan pulls this video up, um, I the think the only thing, yeah, go on. It, it's better to rather. I think it's easier to know who who would say this is real. <laughs> Th- is it only... supposed to be a dramatization, or like are they claiming <laughs> it's an actual video? The only I gotta thing f- that... I gotta figure out how to play this. If you just send download me a file. It. If you download it, or um, I don't know if there's a tweet.
2: You got this, Logan. You'll figure it out. <laughs> um, the only thing that I mean, what's for sure in Maui is that it's an absolute tragedy for the people that lost yes. their homes. Yep. Tons of their people die. lives. Way more than they're recording. Yep. Um, it's pretty. Fire's no fucking joke.
5: People are applauding, let <laughs> us all wait to hear from the Secretary is this like some Department of camera? Police and Chairman Isro, Sri S. Somnath.
2: Where are they claiming
3: that they landed on the moon? That they, they went to the
0: moon.
2: There was Nothing. like a space. Oh no one actually believes that. Nothing
0: right? has ever made me believe that space is fake more than that video.
2: <laughs> no, that's just. I mean, that's just a joke video, right? Like, did the Indian Space Commission or something? That's <laughs> gotta that be that a joke. That was a real that's video. A
1: wow. It's a real video.
3: I Can we, see. What, everything's yeah, a know. Yeah, but know. how do you know? How I don't know. You know we, real. A, Where, like, did the Prime Minister tweet it out? <laughs>
0: i saw come yeah, like, a- like disclosed tv telegram which like they tend to Tenguma, be pretty you
2: can't, like Tanguma's like on imovie just like creating like space <laughs> like everything's a psyop
1: one of my f- favorite things about the the psyop things is when you go to marty to ask him about something he like he has, there's already like three levels that he's already looked into it <laughs> and like the, the one that comes to mind is last year october and we we're having the conversation about um nukes in russia and like, if something bad would happen and what it would look like, and we're and we go to Marty and we're like explaining like how we're debating this, like could something happen in the states? And and Marty doesn't even like acknowledge the question. He goes nukes aren't real. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean,
0: I was trying to keep that one like off <laughs> air. Would you guys? Yeah, I think- to down the nukes are real rabbit <laughs> holes potentially true. Who knows. Marty, but you, you said space wasn't real, so I thought you were no, going to be okay. there, There's a big conspiracy that space is fake, and like, if you look at that video, they're like, "Yeah, hey, we went to space. It's
1: I thought like... you were going to be okay
2: with it. <laughs> Should we it's pull n- the room?
1: Like, uh, Tanguma, do you think nukes are real? I'm like 50-50 now
4: oh boy can I,
1: can I can i hear can i hear some of the argument uh,
0: is there I mean, is there a thesis there i mean the, the argument on to be clear like i don't i'm not saying this is true i just i like to understand i like to understand I, I, the theories and the theory is that nukes it's pretty obvious they are potent psychological tools to quell people okay. and make sure that they're scared sufficiently scared uh and people claim that the nukes that were dropped on uh, uh japan were actually napalm bombs
4: um oh man yeah okay. this is t- again right, uh, I, obvious, I want to be clear obviously not i want to be clear i was joking
0: friend. i was joking when i said that last october and i, I just want to like this is okay, the theory okay. okay. Wait, wait, put there.
2: a percentage on it like what are the percentage chances that i
0: mean in the clown world we live in like 15 to 20.
2: Oh wow! 50. So you're at fifteen I, to twenty. Tanguma's at fifty percent. It sounds like Jesse is a nuke believer. I'm gonna <laughs>
4: say I'm gonna say that the the two greatest scientific achievements uh, of, <laughs> of all time are the nuclear bomb program, like that as a scientific achievement. Uh, and landing on a man on the moon. Those are the two greatest things. We've ever accomplished yeah, no. Def- no, I definitely finished. don't
0: believe the moon. Yeah,
4: don't, yeah, yeah, we don't we don't believe that we landed on the moon well, <laughs> I'm, I'm on an island man because I think it's the greatest thing we ever did. I think that's number one and I Have think I heard a uh, Stanley
1: Kubrick. Is
0: Yeah, go, so go, look, go look, what What's that Shining. room, shiny, the room shiny. 212 the shining.
4: Uh, for the
2: record first off and foremost, I
0: can't believe we got this far off the rails. I
2: I believe nukes are real I'm just uh, like there's no qualifications there, no asterisks. Yeah, 100%. Like I just think nukes exist. How about and, the moon landing? And they blow things up big. Um, I that's my scientific opinion. Um, the the with, with the moon landing, we have to unpack two things. Do you think space is real? I think it's, <laughs> it's <laughs>
0: again, it's another thing. I think the overarching thing to take out of this is that it, it is. It is so fucked up that we have even have to have these conversations and so the government's lied to us so much that so you have to like leave it like maybe like yeah. I don't know. Like they have lied like, to us really so much. Yeah. Marty.
2: Percentage what's the percentage that space is real to you?
0: A hundred percent. Like
2: I think so. Okay. So Marty believes space is real. Guma. is space real? Sure. I actually
1: don't know. <laughs> I don't know anything anymore. I'm no, like, that that's, that's the point I'm trying to make, is, is like
0: the Government has lied to us so much and on such a large scale that you like just inherently yeah. have to be yeah, skeptical.
1: and when I said the nuke thing, it was more of like there's uh this whole overarching like past fifty to seventy five years, and then we can even go back further of what we thought was true was written, and there's like there's ways of the things we've seen the past two years, let alone ten years, and we've experienced to know not be true, and then written and codified as just to be and so what are the other things that aren't and then that's yeah, how the new yeah. thing came up that's how the new thing came up and that's how the conversation around like it is a scare attack it was like a fear-mongering thing that exists whether it's like we yeah, don't, don't we don't invest in nuclear energy because we're afraid that we can have uh and an, you know an, a situation um so anyway that's the idea of it it's just Wait, like questioning it.
4: I, I think I think so. I think it was also a fantastic HBO <laughs> e- series. I don't think, but I don't think
0: I, I I wholeheartedly don't believe that like the the nuclear reactor failures were as bad as they've been marketed to be. Like you have videos no, I, of that.
2: I agree. I'm, that's not my question.
1: Yeah, it definitely happened. Yeah, but wasn't. I just love how Matt's just trying to get all these all these things on the record so he can.
2: <laughs> this is the beauty of Rabbidal Recap. We have five years of on the record. <laughs> you guys are just getting started. Um, yeah, I mean. The the
0: the. This is supposed to be a Bitcoin podcast.
2: We we were firebombing Japanese cities. It was actually incredibly effective from a military standpoint, and I I personally believe the main reason we dropped the nukes was like uh, to prove that they exist. (laughs) Literally, why we dropped them to show Russia and the rest of the world: like, look, we figured out this fucking cool bomb thing. Yeah, and
4: and Russia was planning to invade, and we would have ended up with like a West Germany, East Germany sort of split. Um, But this was a way for us to get all of Japan.
1: But it didn't even go into Pearl Harbor. It wasn't even like what Pearl Harbor was. I think Pearl Harbor happened as well. No, Pearl Harbor definitely happened. happened, It happened. But they had like a warning that they didn't. It it was like it was to incite. It was mainly like that it was to incite. The response, yeah. which is to your point, I mean, we got the, this is the <laughs> fucked up thing. Our government has lied yeah. to us. Go to Goffertonk
0: tonkin, like you go to like all these things have been proven. Like there's a number of things that have been proven to be true. Like whether it's Goffertonk Tonkin, Operation Mockingbird, pay, Paperclip, MK Ultra, like
1: the government fucks with us. Like, and we just talked about it the other We just talked about Jesse the other day about Alexander Hamilton, and we're like, oh, he's looked at as this like you know savior yeah. or, or that, and it's obviously that wasn't the case. Yeah,
4: yeah. But it, if the you the told somebody is, that, they'd know,
1: look at us like we're crazy.
4: I I mean, that's, that's such a great little bit for, for you, Marty, of like uh, Hamilton as a show like that. There's a psyop right there. I saw that (laughs) with
0: Lin-Manuel. I was like, yeah, it was a good musical. It was great. Maybe Hamilton was a good guy. But
4: it's all about like collectivism and, and, you know, advancing the federalist position uh, against individual rights. Like, that's us as a culture deciding that Hamilton is going to be the hero in an era when we should be. You know, the the, the alternative was Jefferson yeah. and individual um, liberty.
2: You know, I I disagree with Hamilton on a lot of his personal views, uh, but I think he was a victim of suit racism, early suit racism.
0: I won't deny that, but he totally fucked up like the money in the early days of, yeah. and Jefferson was it's right. Matt Dine's it's actually. Matt Dines actually wrote a good piece that's up on TFTC about Jefferson and Hamilton in um, the fights that they went went through leading up to the Louisiana Purchase and, like, giving more uh, credit to Jefferson, uh, which I don't think he's gotten. He's gotten a lot of credit, but, like, the Louisiana Purchase was, like, his trump card. Like, fuck you, Hamilton. We're doing this purchase. Like, we're going to have I, uh, in the United States.
2: You want to talk about living in a bubble? Uh, I watched... The Hamilton musical with my father uh, in person, and I think he might have been the only person in the world that was surprised. Uh, He didn't know the ending. He he was like surprised when he died in the duel. (laughs) (laughs) Somehow that spoiler wasn't ruined for him.
0: (laughs) Who killed him? Aaron Burr killed him. Aaron Burr, VP. Should we bring back duels? Nobody yeah. wants to touch that one. Yeah. We've touched a lot of third rails here. Nobody wants to touch the dual rail.
3: We all agree duels exist. Yeah, did they ever happen? Right.
0: Let's go ask Alexander Hamilton. Um, Other Bitcoin things to talk about.
2: How um, did we get on that tangent?
0: This one. You. You forced that tangent.
2: Oh, right, because the Russian coup is happening.
0: Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> is that even mean, to India?
2: Director, if there's a nuclear war, like Tennessee probably gets hit. I just, you know, right before I die, I don't want people to be like told you so, mad, I think, I don't know. I think we should tie it all together. Like it's like all these conversations again. Like we have
0: to like be skeptical of this because the government's lied to us. Like we're talking about getting nuked. We're talking about the government taking away our privacy and like having to fucking leave <laughs> the, the places we grew up in. It's all
4: yeah.
0: insane. It, like it does, it does not scary. need to be this way.
4: It speaks to like I'm, my journey of like I w- I was the establishment liberal, you know, with with the degrees, and then I Bitcoin the forced me to, <laughs> the suit braces. <reasons. laughs> yeah, no, I was the suit, uh, and I had to, and then Bitcoin forces me to to question all of that, and eventually cast off all of that. Um, And it really does a number on your psyche in terms of what you trust. And I think this is a funny uh, outgrowth of that phenomenon for Bitcoiners is like if you go through that process of questioning the Federal Reserve uh, and the powers that be with with regard to monetary policy. And you see the dark history of it and how they tried to implement a, a federal bank for 100 years before Sneaking it in at Christmas break in 1913. Uh, that makes you lose faith in in the establishment, and it makes you question everything. And you could, you know it's fair to make fun of Bitcoiners for um, being a little bit absurd and, and taking that to the extreme, because their trust, their faith has been so shattered that they're not willing to take on faith what the government tells them about anything anymore. Um, so it does kind of tie it, it does unify it, it's a, a common experience for bitcoiners to have to go through that loss of faith um but you know we also have to have to put faith in the physical world and and and, and draw some certain lines about history of events that did and didn't happen <laughs> when jesse was sharing his journey when jesse was
1: sharing his journey in the progression through the realization of the lies it was it, all i could think of is he's about four years from Beating Marty's shoes about nukes and like, yeah, we'll check back into four years.
2: Just will be here. Like you
1: space is to... definitely fake, guys.
2: <laughs> it, sounds, it sounds to me that Marty's a nuke believer based on his percentages. I don't
0: like, like. I I've never seen a nuke blow up in front of me before. That's all I'll say. Like,
2: <laughs> just, then, I was, no. like Marty, like a nuke just gets dropped on Philly, and he's <laughs> like, "Oh fuck, damn it!"
0: No, I mean. And I'm I'm not trying to <clears throat> uh, diminish the shit that we did to Japan at all. Like um
2: Well to- I wonder like so I mean we you guys had very bullish uh cases on how quickly Binance fails. Um
0: <laughs> I think you flipped me on that.
2: When do we think when do we think uh the next nuke gets dropped? Let's not <sighs> no, come on. <laughs> no
0: Whew. hopefully never <laughs> That's scary never never yeah. I, go I mean never.
2: i kind of I kinda have a theory that we might start seeing like smaller scale uh, jesus man <laughs> mad you're gonna like <laughs> you're gonna manifest
0: of- this shit <laughs> yeah. stop talking about it like that
2: well because like the main reason is like if you use one right now like the u.s government will fuck you up so like what happens if that deterrent disappears and it's like you can use small scale nukes and and you don't have your whole country fucking vaporized I don't want to
4: think about that. Small well, scale turn to hydrogen hydrogen bombs awfully quickly.
2: Yeah, I mean, I'm do? not, I'm not rooting for it. I'm just, yeah, just observation. Be aware, freaks. Be aware.
1: <laughs> Matt Matt has a dark deep corners you guys think i'm the crazy one that's right? like a small
2: scale nuke gets dropped somewhere and like rhr that week marty's like nah it didn't happen so (laughs) there
4: there was as part of the like Ukraine stuff there was like a a narrative that got inserted from from like the liberal warmongers that like we should use tactical nukes nukes to stop putin and that was around for like a month and then Got pushed back enough that it you know, they stopped talking about that. That was Matt,
1: scary. What, Matt, what was that book that you told me to read? Um, with the EMP. Uh,
2: three seconds later or something.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's about like basically EMP attack, and and then. The... It was like three seconds later, three years later, and three something. He like and so to... so I'm I'm driving, and I hadn't told you this. I'm driving back from it's New York. Exactly. Well, the, the the skies are red, and I'm like, I got to get out of here, and I'm listening to the audio book and like so no in, or in my he, in headset so like my wife's sitting there and, and i'm just like getting anxiety and it's just like
2: she's not hearing it. it's just you
1: it's just me and i'm just hearing like and then it's explaining how dark it gets and like the you know going to the nursing home and they're like you know all the craziness once the, like there's no power and the, the skies are starting to get really dark and i'm just driving and i'm like god damn it man like why did you put this on me right now <laughs> i was just like trying to drive back to, to texas and i'm like this could what if i never make it back <laughs> Yeah, so Let's... the book
2: set, the book is set in, like, uh, the Black Mountains of North Carolina or something, mm-hmm. and uh, well, unknown enemy, we don't know who did it, but someone dropped nukes in the atmosphere to create EMPs, and everyone's power goes out, and it's, you know, the aftermath
1: of that. Yeah, once people realize, and then, like, the stores, how oh, they're as quick gone, and then everything that transpires. Like, modern
2: cars don't work, old cars still work. Can we uh can we bring some
0: optimism into this conversation? Is we optimistic about anything? Are we have the potential to just avoid nuclear annihilation? Um the need for big cities to the people in big cities like our friend Brian I Do you guys see, see do you guys see any light at the end of the tunnel I, outside of
2: Bitcoin? It's it's just disappointing, not disappointing. I don't know. It's just it's kind of frustrating to think that if it does happen, like what I have to look forward to is like RHR that week. You just being like it didn't happen.
1: Like, I, just, <laughs> I know that's what's gonna happen, and I just it's oh crazy. yeah, he won. I mean, if, if yeah, that's it's gonna be like true. it's Napalm. Napalm. <laughs> it was Napalm. <laughs> it was Napalm. <laughs> that's that's what they will come back with. Uh, this boy. I think
0: this might be the one that gets us like on some like Rolling
1: Stone. Like these Bitcoiners are fucking yeah, crazy. It. What was How's it?
3: Nick <laughs> the truthers. They had
1: that. Somebody sent it to me today. It was um. Uh, right wingers and their seed oil
4: like situation really yeah in like a big publication we'll know we've made it when rolling stone is calling us crazy that's that's what gives me optimism right now it's like
0: (laughs) thank you jesse thank you jesse
4: Uh, rolling stone (laughs) no that that people are questioning seed oils people are questioning raw milk like you know this shit that we've been told It's just, yeah. And there's milk. (laughs) (laughs) milk. (laughs) Well, everybody's questioning, right? And like, who's the voice of reason that people turn to? It's fucking Joe Rogan. Uh, And and people are finally getting to a point where, like, you know what? Joe Rogan is talking sense and the media is not. And so it does feel like the pendulum is just starting to swing back towards reason.
0: I want to, I want to give a shout out to Richardson farms here in Austin. Their raw milk is incredible.
4: My dad, my dad
2: visited and he opened our fridge and he's like, well, how does your milk say not safe for human consumption?
5: <laughs> <laughs>
0: that is like, Matt, the first time you dropped that on RHR and you're like before pasteurized milk, raw milk was just milk. Like I'd I never thought of it that way. It's like, yeah, yeah, it's just
4: smarty. It's,
0: it's literally thousands of years of people drinking milk. And then <laughs> a few decades ago, like, yeah, we're going to pasteurize this and,
4: yeah, the the uh I I've been reading a book um, about Genghis Khan uh recently. Actually a recommendation that we got Michael from, from somebody we talked to um and the Mongols took over everything and, on a diet of milk and and meat and blood. Like <laughs> they were the strongest people on the battlefield for a reason. They weren't eating uh just grains
1: yeah we have a we have a really awesome pediatrician and uh that's like you know i I hate you using this term because it's like it's just what we should be thinking about like base like just like the things that you need to do and like one of the big ones is like start giving like animal protein and beef and it's like a beef liver it's like the highest uh you know you mash it up or whatever for an infant and uh you know wife you know psyop northeast they're like really you know like or they say you also give like the baby like a big piece of meat and you just like like gnaw on it and they just like yeah. absolutely love it but it's just like that's kind of stuff like, like i can see brian's face like that sounds insane it's like it literally just like warped everybody's mind to be like what are these people thinking or doing and this is like to your point this was how they took civilizations with milk and beef <laughs> yeah and yeah. i mean not only our
0: pediatrician my wife goes to it too and like it's like common sense stuff. She's like, "Yeah, get outside and walk around for an hour between seven and nine. Get like vitamin D." Wait, your
2: child right. doctor is also your adult doctor?
1: For my wife, yeah. Wow, Wait, she, I didn't know that. Yeah, she does. Really? Yeah, interesting.
4: This is another little uh, soapbox I've I've been enjoying recently of of um, kids. Sh- so why do we have such bad teeth? Uh, I think it. There's pretty good evidence that. Um, it's our diets as kids that we're not chewing tough enough food. Instead, we get this this mash, this you know smoothie type shit when we're cereal. little kids being spoon fed to us and cereal. And, and um, it, there's a, a book by Weston Price that's all about examining the t- the teeth of indigenous cultures versus civilized, you know, um, uh, urban cultures. And I love uh, that. <laughs> and uh and no the indigenous cultures have great teeth uh and so it's a, i guess the takeaway is if you've got kids they should be chewing tough foods to develop the muscles in the face that actually spread out the the jaw and and deliver like a, a good jawline a good a good set of teeth
0: i want to give a shout out to apollo gum with their mastic gum uh bitcoin or nick young I believe his last name is I forget his last name but Nick he's friends he's an Austin guy good friends with Matt snow um I've been chewing that to get my my jaw line. I caught I caught my profile on video once and my chin is just weak and I need to uh chew mastic
1: gum to get it stronger shout out to Apollo gum yeah Free. I was just thinking about like some of the random uh, like sunglasses weren't we talking about the sunglass situation with the eyes with uh yeah, with it's, a friend. yeah 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 it actually makes your eyes worse yeah
0: And I've never, yeah, I don't, I've never worn, I've actually just like never liked wearing sunglasses and I always lose them. So I stopped wearing them like a decade ago.
3: To Jesse's point, I think you find the optimism in these conversations and the Overton window shifting slowly but surely, right? Like that's whether it's RFK Jr. or like, and you know, he's not perfect, but like he's asking questions and he's getting other people to ask questions. And I think that's, that's where I find some optimism, right? Because like for a while, it seemed like nobody was, saying anything about it yeah yeah the overton window is definitely shifting
2: hate to crush your optimism gents
1: (laughs) no we're we're all definitely optimist optimistic but the reality is you have to like bring you have to turn awareness to situations (laughs) or like you have to be pragmatic
0: and logical and realistic about the state of things yeah
2: i was like an optimist until 2020 happened you're not going to catch me on that train anytime (laughs) soon
0: Well, maybe Sorry. maybe that's maybe you're like the jim kramer of the optimism doomer trade like if you're if you're doomer
2: Murray, are you so are you am i clear here are you calling p clown world again or is the... <laughs> no i'm not calling p- <laughs> <laughs> eh.
5: Eh. we're
2: nowhere near no. p clown world no
0: like you said no. bull market and statism i mean the u.s government's trying to lock people up for for life for writing crypto cryptographic code
1: like, i don't think clown world can end until the dollar ends That's a good point.
4: Yep, I agree with that. I agree. I think that
1: they're just people will turn
4: to the government for solutions so long as that's you know UBI and stuff like that. Well, that has like
0: that's another good point. Like talking about like moving the Overton window. I think a lot of the Overton window shifting is people realizing like government is creating these problems and going back to the trough to have them fix the problems is obviously not working and. I'd be very curious. I'm very intrigued to see if they do try to bring back like mass mandates and some form of COVID lockdowns this fall. I'm, I hope people push back. I don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> Uh, was my do-
2: curse tweet? My curse tweet is December 2019. I think I had tweeted out bullish on humanity. <laughs> <laughs> the, Hong- the Hong Kong protests were like going on. I was like, "Oh, like Hong Kong's gonna resist," you know. Hong- meanwhile, Hong Kong's failed. We had like the whole COVID lockdowns and everything. Like four months later, it's
1: a completely cursed tweet. I mean, the yeah. the idea. I hate going here I don't even know why but like you're going there go it's the <laughs> it's like just one of the ideas was you know the money broke or the money has been broken but like whatever happened with the um the re- repo markets in September of 18 and then the, lo- the lockdown 19, September 19. 19 and then there was this understanding that there had to inject a certain amount of liquidity and then you had to like stop the movement of funds or movement of capital from like to prevent inflation and so if like that is, that's just a line of thinking, I'm not saying I buy into it or don't, but if that's, if there is something to that, then, and we know things are breaking again, that would be a reason to to put people back in a box.
0: Yeah, no, that's, that is actually what I would imagine is actually happening. It's either a combination of the financial system crumbling in elections. I, I think that's what they would,
1: why they would, back lockdowns and mass mandates. Here's a, here's a better question. What's the percentage likelihood that that election happens next year? Jeez. Dude, I put I mean I put like a I put in like an
0: eighty percent chance. I would like
2: yeah I'll, I do, bet, I don't I'll bet you uh you could um, see like a crisis in confidence in like voting systems. That, that the elections happen next year.
1: A whole coin? Wait, do I get like uh because I don't like think it's a High likelihood, but I don't we think it's an odd die. zero. Yeah.
2: Okay, well, I'm not on a Bitcoin. Uh, I, give, I give you 10 to 1 odds. Um... On a whole Bitcoin?
1: <laughs> 10 to 1 on a whole Bitcoin? Uh, 10 to I'm, 1 on
2: a whole Bitcoin? That's kind of risk-adjusting. I'm, risk po- I'm, I'm one Bitcoin.
4: 10 million sats.
1: Yeah, but
2: yeah, converted it for him because he can't do Sats math. No, I was thinking about
1: <laughs> I was thinking about how I'd have to lock it up now. I'd have to buy it now, because it would be a year from now, and that that's a different calculus. It's on point one Bitcoin and what the. the do we all
4: think the Earth is round?
1: <laughs> yes,
4: I think Columbus figured that one out. Uh, Tanguma, what do you think? Is Earth round? Sure. Yes. Sure. Sure.
1: <laughs> sure. Yes. I mean, I don't. The 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 reason why I, I don't answer any of these things definitively is like I just haven't gone and looked into it. So if you ask me something that I've like done, then it, then then I will say yes, I know it to be true. If there's something else like the state that Jesse referenced in the state of the world, it's like I haven't like gone to look and I've never seen a nuke blow up. <laughs> <laughs>
4: oh boy, yeah. that was I, obviously
2: I, related I, and tangential to the elections. I just think like if. Like we'll have sham elections, you know, you don't have, They're they're, they're all sham
0: elections. We like, okay. and you don't even have to go to 2020 and like, believe like that election was rigged, even though that overnight, like pff, is a little question. How far back do you have to go, Marty? You go back to 2016 WikiLeaks. They proved the DNC rigged that primary to get Hillary through. Like it's, they caught them dead to rights in those emails. Like,
4: it so, so it was like 2012, 2008 were those legit, and then it, and then 2016 it started being.
0: I don't know. We we have 2016 like cold hard proof that it was certainly rigged in a certain way. At least the Democratic primary
3: was, and then you run with the assumption that they're down to rig this.
0: What else are they down to rig? And then how long have they been doing
3: it? Right. And to Michael's earlier point, like the farther back you go, the less information you have, yeah. and the less reliable that information exactly. is. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and it's, what, but the
4: less falsifiable the information is, like with the nuclear tests, like when they had footage in the '40s of bombs going off. Like,
0: I'm going to send you some made. information, Jesse.
4: Don't worry. I mean, you realize that's. That...
2: <laughs> I'm kidding. You know that SpongeBob's origin story, right? What?
4: Oh, Bikini Atoll. Oh, Okay, funny. Wait, what? Uh, Bikini Bottom tests, and and they yeah,
2: created human.
4: Oh, yeah. So, Michael, there's a a, a small island chain, the the Bikini Islands, Bikini Atoll, that we used as our nuclear testing ground for our hydrogen bombs in the 50s. And we completely obliterated everything there, removed islands from the face of the earth. Allegedly. Have you seen it, Marty? (laughs) Were you there? (laughs) No, I'm no, I've seen the footage and I've seen the Google uh, on on satellite footage you can see where the bombs went off because there's gigantic craters Poles. in the ocean. Yeah. There's a
1: group I want to be clear, I'm just trolling here. There's a group Marty and I are a part of. It's um they're based in North Texas and they're gonna really love this uh yeah, a, they episode. Shout out. You know him. who you are. You know who you are. Yeah. yeah. Um a group chat. No, they're group they 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 physically live in North Texas. Yeah. We're like our North Texans here, um, you know a couple of them.
0: What uh, what should we wrap it up on? Optimist, optimistic, something logical. Should we tr- try to bring it back and prove to the audience that we're not totally crazy? Well, <laughs>
4: <laughs> here's here's yeah, an optimistic thought. We an optimistic <laughs> thought we could build on, but when the pendulum starts to swing back, the, the the fastest rate of change happens starts to happen there in the middle, right? So if we're swinging back towards sanity, that will start to catch on faster and faster and faster in terms of questioning the food pyramid, questioning COVID stuff. So we could be entering like a little bit of a renaissance in terms of critical thinking, if that's true.
0: I think that's happening. I like that.
4: Um,
2: I do wanna mention that if you're one of the dozen people that use uh, Electrum's uh, Lightning implementation there appears to be a bug or some kind of vulnerability, so you should upgrade. Yeah,
0: the four uh, of you should upgrade 4.4. your code.
2: 4.4.6. They're going to announce what the vulnerability was in about three weeks. So all, all 12 of you.
1: What else happened? Anything else happened? Bitcoin?
2: I mean, we have a whole list that we didn't cover, but we're good. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, Electrum is literally number two after Binance on the list.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Let's see what else we got here.
2: It's mostly software updates. Proton Mail complied with six thousand data requests in 2022.
1: I saw that. Yeah. Uh
2: proof of work for Tor is a big it's a big win. I think the, it could help a lot.
0: It's been live for a few months, it's like proven to work well.
2: Um I think it was they were just testing it. Um but the formal announcement happened uh, to yesterday. Um, like now, it's actually live, and like the the concept is relatively simple. It's it's for the longest time, Tor had zero DDoS denial of service protection. You can just keep hitting onion services, and like their protection was, they had a centralized block list. Because Tor's threat model has always been like the U.S. government blesses us, and so like we don't, it doesn't matter that we have a centralized block list. Um, but now they added this proof of work mechanism. So basically, how it works is, if you access an onion service, you go to a Tor website. Um, you don't have to do any proof of work by default. But if that Tor website is getting hit by a bunch of people and you know potentially being under a denial of service attack, it will hit you with consistently greater proof of work, um, and 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 the 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 users whose clients actually do that work will get served the website. Uh, so it'll, it'll add a cost to attackers that are just trying to flood Onion services with requests. And so an individual user CPU
0: simply do the proof of work and the idea is that yeah. an attacker, we need so many computers doing that, they waste so much yeah. electricity that it's not, yeah.
2: not worth it. For the- for the end user, there's no change. The end user might see like a slight delay. Um, and But in the background, like their client is doing this this proof of work. Um, and I, there's no token involved, no blockchain, none of that stuff. It's just good old-fashioned proof of work that escalates up based on how much traffic is going to an onion service. Back to Hashcash. Yeah.
0: Is it Hashcash?
2: I mean, it seems very similar to that. No. Yeah. Um, I think that's a big win I think uh, at least it's, it, they're going in the right direction we'll see how effective it is
0: love to see that um, what about you guys anything
1: what's going on at the park how, how are vibes in Nashville
2: vibes are high um, vibes are high we have uh, it's a little bit quiet right now uh, we have big week coming up in September um I don't know what week that is. The week of the 12th or something. We have Grassroots, Bitcoin, all the meetup organizers are going to be in town.
1: And then the next big one is November for, the, for Noster.
2: Yeah, Noster November is... I don't know what I'm allowed to talk about yet, but there might be a street fair. I thought you were going to say street fight. That would have been cooler. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome to start one at the fair. Tool, tools in the backyard. I'm a lover, not a fighter. There might be a street fair of Bitcoin merchants that are also Nostra merchants. We'll nice. See. That'd be cool.
0: Jesse, <clears throat> what's on your mind?
4: Oh, well, I was thinking about, um, I mean, in terms of vibes are high, uh, I'm excited about, you know, Michael, Brian, and I can't really talk yet about things that are going on with on ramp at the moment. Um, but looking forward to announcing some cool stuff pretty soon. So look at, looking forward to being more public about that.
0: I like cool stuff. Brian, how's it, is this your first podcast? Your second podcast? Second
4: now, yeah.
3: Second yeah. of the day and second ever. So Into was it? The fire. I think it's been fun. Well, technically, this got released first. This is your first one. Yeah, that's one.
1: true. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah.
3: Well, that's good. That no, one doesn't exist a, yet. It's been... Uh,
0: how's it been uh, since you came over from the dark side
3: oh it's been incredible i mean it's been it was so frustrating i mean we talked about this on the last trade but like it got very tiresome being in that world um and yeah now it's like mission alignment on the same page like let's go let's go build shit
1: throw throw them at a bone give them something crazy that happened at coinbase you feel comfortable in sharing that's just completely
3: effed up I mean, (laughs) (laughs) let me be careful with this, but um, I mean, there was just, uh, I won't go too specific, but like there was some security practices that were out of bounds, like talking like pieces of paper and one person in charge and like, we'll get any more specific than that, but it was... And that was, I didn't, I wasn't close to that situation, but that was, you know, through the grapevine of people that I knew elsewhere in the, in the business. And, um, but uh, yeah, I mean, the main thing that I saw that I was there is what I talked about. And just in terms of conflicts of interest, like cognitive dissonance and and people just going along with the party line and and recognizing that the business model is tied to shilling all of this other stuff. Um, So yeah
0: have some market moving news. <laughs> <laughs> Rapid hole recap today.
1: <laughs> Michael? Uh just excited about the the BitBlock boom. It feels like it's a special, you know, when when the 2020 was like a pivotal time and all the stuff that happened. Um, we got to all connect. Hadn't seen Matt in a while. Um, it feels like the same thing. We had a late night that year and now you had me out last night. Um, feels like just we're all getting back together, maybe fall's coming, it was quiet summer. So it's time to get back to building. I'm um, so ready to get back in the saddle. Yeah. So yeah, it pumped and then also just have to do the obvious shout out to Gary, like we reference it. But um he in twenty twenty when everybody was like, you know, scared, didn't want to do anything, he like took the biggest stand. And then like there's that whole joke with nobody thought it was gonna happen and then it was like happening. Like, I guess we gotta go. Yeah, and then we, we had big standoff <laughs> at the hotel.
2: Huge <laughs> shout, shout out to Gary. I'm really sorry I'm missing Bit this year first time in a while
0: i mean that was a perfect example of just like i'm this is my first i gotta go to weddings this is my first first year ever missing which is um hard to, hard to
2: have a there.
0: yeah but 2020 i mean it was a great example of like it, it, it is literally a mental decision to step uh, step up and push back against the tyranny like the people
2: in 2020 bit black boom will never be topped that was yeah. the real no the hotel
0: management was like everybody put your mask on we were like get out of here <laughs> <laughs> we're not doing
2: that and they're like all right
1: yeah there's this thing we we joke about like about not being able to you know joke but like not really not being able to lie just like viscerally not feeling good and uh to, to the point where you can't do it and i remember coming back from Bitblock boom and walking around austin and i put couldn't put the mask on because it was just felt like a lie and they just never put it back on after that bit block boom and to your point it's like once that mental that's all you need and then you're looking at like oh there, there's there's no air underneath there. yeah
0: that's the optimistic tip I want to live it on is <clears throat> anybody listening, anybody out there Like call the tyranny that is subsuming us right now, surrounding us. seems to be getting heavier and more dire by the day. Cause literally there's a switch in your mind that you can flip at any time. It's a mental decision to stand up and just say, no, I'm not fucking doing this anymore. I'm mad as hell and I'm not going to do it anymore. The network had the formula there. It, it is that switch exists in you. Literally just takes a little bit of carriage and some articulation
2: of the word no. Do the bank run. Stay humble and stack sets. Peace of love, freaks. Sticky.